0: Welcome to Paladin Around, the official Your Geeky GalPal podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. My name is Caitlin, and today we have a very special episode with some very special guests. Um, me a little different today, because we're doing um I'm I'm sure I'm gonna put it in the title probably. Uh this is a Kingdom Hearts 3 spoiler cast. And uh joining me for this very special event, um, I have some very special guests. So to start um I have a uh, Christian aka Pixel Brave here. Hello. I also have a uh, Cameron uh from Naughty Gamers.
1: It's it's KGN now but hello yes.
0: Oh, my my B, <laughs> I didn't know there was a branding change. Yeah,
1: it was That's it like was branding. not a very successful branding change cuz people don't recognize it, but you know it is what it is.
0: Well, you heard it here first folks. Um, and also here, we have Sarah from, uh, Queer Sex Ed is here.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Alrighty. So, I figure to kind of get us started, we can just kind of round-robin this and talk a little bit about who we are a little, and then, you know, what, um, what Kingdom Hearts has meant to us, our histories with it, that kind of thing, just so people kind of get like a, like a temperature before we get into the, the spoilery, spoilers, um if that sounds good with you all mm-hmm. all right um so christian do you want to just go ahead and go first
3: yeah sure so my name is christian point a lot of people know me as pixel brave though because i'm an event videographer i like to shoot events specifically pop culture events such as PAX, south by southwest rtx things like that and that's how i met um cameron and um Caitlin, I don't know why I forgot your name just now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm just a little nervous from recording, but um, but that's how I met y'all, and um, yeah, I've been a Kingdom Hearts fan since about uh, the time that two came out. I uh, saw the walkthroughs going around school, and I was like, "Hey, this thing looks really cool," and I dove in, and
4: uh, yep, that's about it. Started playing all the games after that.
0: Nice, nice. And so what about you, Cameron? Uh,
1: yeah. Um, hi everybody. Uh, this is my first time podcasting with Caitlin Christian and Sarah, so I'm very excited to kind of develop this new dynamic with you guys. But uh, for me, Kingdom Hearts, I found Kingdom Hearts in a preview in an old EGM issue. Um, it wasn't old at the time, uh, but um, I kind of like picked up on it. It was this new project. Um, I actually wrote about this, so I actually reviewed uh, Alexa Ray Korea's Kingdom Hearts II, uh book, and I mentioned this but oh. like i uh i paid attention to the game when it came out and the scores it got and i rented it from my local blockbuster and the rest is history
0: um and sarah how about you
2: yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that egm article because i'm pretty sure that's the same article that got me into kingdom hearts as well uh i remember just being this yeah like mind-blowing idea for i don't know how old i was probably 12 or 13 year old me to just be like oh wow i love band um uh, I love Final Fantasy characters and I love Disney characters and like the idea of them coming together was really cool for me. Um, I really like metaverse fiction, like expanded universe type stuff. So this was mm. kind of the beginning of that for me, I think. Um, and I played Kingdom Hearts 1 when it came out and I liked it a lot. And then I played Kingdom Hearts 2, but I couldn't afford buying it. So we rented it and I beat it in like a weekend, like a <laughs> dream weekend. <laughs> um And I remembered being really upset about the Roxas stuff at the beginning and Mm. not being able to play as Sora. And Mm. I remembered some like big story stuff that happened, but I really was kind of just it washed by me. And I was like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 1 is a good game, but I'm kind of done there. Um, And then about six months ago, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it another try. So I got the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 on the PS4. And that comes with all the extra stuff except for Dream Drop Distance. Um, So I played through one and two again, I played through uh, birth by sleep. And then I watched a lot about um, dream drop distance, I didn't get to play it before the game came out. But uh, I kind of like did a last minute lore jump in the last six months to kind of catch myself up. I tried playing Union Cross, but uh, it's so (laughs) slow. (laughs) So I just watched a great video that I'll I'll send you the link to it, Caitlin. It's by a guy named Sumo, I think is his YouTube name. Um, Is that the UK guy? Yeah, he's basically been playing it since the beginning. But like when it was a browser game, and then he played both iterations of the phone game. So he just has a good idea of like how they're different from each other and how they matter in different ways that I just could have never understood myself. So um, it was that, and then the uh, Kingdom Hearts timeline video,
3: mm, um, classic from game uh, trailers. What was it? Yeah,
2: from game trailers it was just really, really good. It's like an hour long, and it's really concise and gets you all the main story stuff. You um, I'm really glad I played Birth by Sleep though mm. because I, I totally slept on that game. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Damn it. <laughs> I love you.
0: But... That's good. The podcast <laughs> is over. Um, <laughs>
2: but like I, I had no idea who Aqua was and I'm really glad that I knew her going into this game and playing as a woman was really great for me because um, always having to play as a male character was never really the biggest thing that I enjoyed in those games. So mm. um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that I went back and played them but I didn't really play very much at the time. So.
0: Sick, and then I'll try to keep mine brief because I feel like between the Drunk Kingdom Hearts podcast and that one article I wrote, I feel like I've like probably bored people to tears with like my Kingdom Hearts shit. But <laughs> so I'm sorry if, if you're tired of this, you could skip it. Just just scrub a little bit forward. Um, but so I got into Kingdom Hearts. With 2, I didn't really know it was a thing, but my childhood best friend was playing it. Um, And so it just kind of became something that we played together. And, like, I've always been a fan of, like, over-the-top, ridiculous, campy bullshit, even as, like, a child. So Mm -hmm. it just really worked for me in that way. Um, And then I had a break from gaming, and then when I came back to gaming in high school... I decided to finally pick up one, and then I played through one, and I was like, wow, this fucking sucks. I'm glad I played two first, because I would not have gotten through otherwise. Mm. And then I just got kind of sucked into it, and I've just been kind of playing it ever since. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then I dabbled, and in... I've played all of them at least a little bit, um, Yeah, oh. but... I mean, except for like the the Japanese browser game and stuff, because I don't. Mm, yeah. But I <laughs> I don't know which version of the mobile <laughs> game I played. I think it was the older one. But when I was in college and just like hella depressed, where I spent like a week and never leaving my house, I just like played the shit out of that mobile game. I have no idea what happened, but I was in I was in it. Um. So yeah, so that's that. So now that. Now that people kind of have a temperature on where we're at, um, I figured we could kind of get into like how we feel about the game overall, like a kind of you know, like an elevator pitch of like where you're at with the game now that we finished. And so I don't know if we just want to kind of jump in, and I don't if y'all want to go in order, if we just want to do it, but.
3: Cool. I'll just kind of kick off. Like, um, I I really like the game of like. That's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> the next thing is that I'm aware that there's a lot that could be improved that did not meet certain expectations for a large number of the fandom. And all of those critique, I a lot of those critiques, anyways. Um, I'm totally on board with and agree with, um, but the, it still goes to show how much I still enjoyed this game. That even though there's still a lot of room for improvement and a lot of disappointments for a lot of the people um, in the fandom, like I said, um, I think the combination of the mechanics as well as um, a lot of following up and closing a lot of loose ends. Um, I I mean, just made this really fun for me. Um, Those are like my first opening kind of thoughts. I'm going to pause now so someone else can say something.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that that actually is is pretty similar to how I feel. I I joked on Twitter that my hot take was that Kingdom Hearts 3 is the Metal Gear Solid 4 of action RPGs. Where it's like, it wrapped up everything that i wanted it to and i mm-hmm. think it was it was good but if you didn't play any of the other games this game is meaningless to you like i mm-hmm. don't know why um you would even try i guess i i think the difference for me is that in a lot of ways metal gear solid 4 like kept subverting your expectations like it knew what you expected and sometimes it paid off those expectations in like the way you expected but other times it really subverted those expectations or like did it in a way that um that you weren't like thinking about how they were going to finish it or fit it in. Um and and this game felt very by the book to me. So it's like on the one hand I'm glad that it was um like it wrapped up a lot of the story points I was wondering about and it sort of brought all these disparate characters from lots of different mobile games and DS games and PlayStation portable games and whatever and like put them into the same game in a pretty cohesive story. Like I think that's hard to do and I feel like we should give them some credit for like being able to pull that all together because it's really hard. Yeah, uh, but it also felt safe. Like like everything mm-hmm. for the most part, everything that happened, other than like some hilarious, amazing moments, like the Union Cross moment and oh. the like cheerathy <laughs> yeah. final world weird stuff. Like, there, there were <laughs> there were like a few things that that I didn't expect, but for the most part, it was like okay, yep, that thing happened, and oh, it's really cool how they did that. But that's what I expected, and you know that sort of thing. So. I think that I'm I'm glad that I played it and I feel like it lived up to my expectations and the gameplay was fun while I was doing it. Um, but it also felt kind of like a button masher in a lot of ways, like especially with all the movement tech that got added in the games like Birth by Sleep and later on. And then also that your attacks now just like homing seek on to enemies mm. a lot more. You could basically just jump and go across the entire battlefield really quickly. And so I could pretty much just press X to get through everything. I don't think I ever guarded an attack once. Uh, in this whole game <laughs> so i it it was kind of hollow in some ways um mm-hmm. but i also appreciated seeing the story get wrapped up and um it was it was a meaningful send-off i think of just so much lore and so many years of storytelling so i appreciated it
1: that. i loved every moment from the start i loved every moment to the end i felt <laughs> like this is the game that kind of cemented that because throughout my life i've always just kind of been a uh a real Fairweather fan of Kingdom Hearts. Like, I get where people used to come from when they said, like, everything was too complicated. But as I kind of got back into it as an adult, because uh, I missed Birth by Sleep, uh, and mm. I missed Dream Drop Distance. Like, I missed all these games after 2 that came out. Oh. And I got back into it, and I played through it. And I kind of walked away saying, thinking to myself that, you know, I love mm-hmm. every moment of this. Hopefully. It's weird. It's out there. It's super meta. It's super it's overly complex. Not for the sake of being complex, but because they decide to take a creative choice and make it that and like choose to do it that way. But uh when I from the moment I booted up three to the moment I, you know, put down the controller and just like like wrapped my head around everything that I had seen. Um I loved every waking moment of it. Um, I couldn't get back to it. I, could, I couldn't I could wait to get back to it when I had to put it down. Um, like, I just, I, like, I mm. know that it's not a modern game, but this is a Kingdom Hearts game. And as somebody who's played in the last year up until upcoming to this release, I played every single Kingdom Hearts game that came out. And so going through it and seeing the evolution of the systems and everything like that, and for them to kind of, put together kind of like the masterpiece of all the different Kingdom Hearts systems up to this point and kind of put the best of the best in this game. Like, there was a lot of, like, sometimes it could be hectic, but I also think that was reflected in where this game has come from, Hmm. and I think that there are spectacular moments that show that they really knew what they were doing with this game going through it, as far as, like, game design-wise. that is this a bit dated? Yeah. Because this game kind of feels like a game that should have come out on the PS3 but I'm just so happy that I got to see what I saw and experience what I experienced. And I honestly wouldn't trade it. Like for me personally, it was worth the years of wait. Granted, I've, like I said, I've never been like the most dedicated, like hardcore fan. I don't got any, you know, kingdom mm. hearts tattoos on my body, but you know, I, I understand that some people were let down by it, but <laughs> I just fell even more in love with what, is like what I hope is to come. Hmm. So,
0: well, as we all know, the only way to truly judge a fan is by how many tattoos they have on their body. Um,
5: <laughs> I, I
1: didn't want to say like I, I'm a <laughs> nerd who spends every waking moment thinking about. You didn't this just
0: game. want to read me, is what you're saying? Cam. Yeah, pretty basic. Okay, well, it's I fine. To, I didn't want to put you on. I'm blast here to out be there, fucking like that, roasted. Okay? It's fine. Um, I think this game was hard for me because. Like I liked it and I had fun. I had a ton of fun actually. I think I have issues with a lot of the gameplay mm-hmm. choices yeah. that they made. Um but I think they were if nothing else very fun to play. Um but I like I I enjoyed it a lot playing it, but when I think about it critically and when I think about just like What I love so irrationally about this series is, like, the weird amount of, like, gravitas and, like, depth they're able to give this, like, very weird, silly shit, and it felt a little bit floaty in that regards to me, and Mm -hmm. I don't really have a better word for it, um, and, like, there were some really, really standout moments for me that I absolutely, like, adored and, like. I was just crying. There was a lot of crying at the beginning and then at the end. Um for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for all of those moments that landed, there was a lot of me just being like, um all right, like this is fine, like I'm having fun, but it doesn't feel this like the atmosphere doesn't feel the same as like a kingdom like what Kingdom Hearts 2 did in a lot of ways and like yeah, it felt like it kind of lost some of that and like the pacing was super weird that, yeah. in a lot of ways. And it felt like it felt like they were really, really trying to shoehorn Union Cross shit into it in ways that I don't think like made it better. Um, and there was a lot of stuff that was like weird that just was like there and I think they're trying to pull into whatever comes next, but that just felt like really frayed loose ends. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, like, I had fun, and I was into it, but I, I don't, yeah.
1: So, I think the Union Cross stuff was actually really cool, the way that they did it, <laughs> because playing through the game right now, I, I picked up back where I left off on, Uh huh. Um, and kind of, like, going through all the lore and stuff about it, it's, it seems really cool the way, like, when you say you did introduce Union Cross, you mean at the very end, or when they- So- When the ancient Keyblade, like, when the ancient Keyblades awakened, because...
0: So I did, I did like the moment in the Keyblade, yeah, no, I liked the moment in the Keyblade Graveyard with the, oh, we're getting into spoilers now, just so you know, on the spoiler cast, we're officially spoiling Oh yeah, this is happening. This is happening. Um, I liked a lot that moment with all the Keyblades and shit, for the first part of it. I was like, hell, yeah, fucking get it. That was like the only execution of Union Cross things I actually think I genuinely liked up until they were like and (laughs) here's Ephemer in the middle of it and i was like okay like if you haven't played the mobile game or it's been a while since you've played the mobile game like you don't know who the fuck this dude is and like they did a relatively decent job i feel like with the rest of it of like kind of sort of recapping it for you in a way that didn't feel too horribly forced like I didn't expect a lot from it just because like that's a wild ask honestly but like (laughs) yeah for them to just like casually be like like the recoded shit, I like. I was dying when Goofy was like the data escape. I was like, oh my fucking <laughs> god! <laughs> and, but like, like I don't expect them to do like a like a great job with that because like, how can you in like a five second thing? But like, mm. if you haven't if you haven't played it, and then Ephemer shows up and they never explain like anything about him, they're just like, hey, there's just this man, and I was like, well, he's
1: just an ancient keyblade wielder. You know? He's like the rest of them. He's just, like, the representative of all these other old
0: keyblades. Yeah, but I don't know. I just felt really disembodied to me, and I was like, I don't... I I was like, this moment is super impactful, and then you're just topping it off with, like, this fucking rando. And I was like, man, alright.
3: I I see all that. For me, like, in the moment, like that's all, like, retrospective for me. I, I feel like, oh yeah, like, dang, that sucks, and I try to get as many people to watch as many recap links as I could, but, like, in that moment when it happened, though, I was just like, Psh, "Y'all had your chance." Like, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying. Yeah, this, no.
0: Like, up this until up until the reveal of Ephemer in the middle, I was like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." And then they showed him, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Come on." I mean, you're you're like 20 hours into the
1: game by that point. If you're not on board already, like you're. I
0: was on. I but that was board the feet. thing that like that moment really took me out of it. I was like, I was in it for the emotional beats. I was ready, and then. They just like brought in this character that they couldn't like easily explain, so they just didn't, and I was like, Man, could have just left it at the damn keyblade. How did that
3: uh how did that how did that moment play out for you, Sarah?
2: Yeah, so I mean I, I played Union Cross, I enjoyed oh, okay, that cool. moment, but but I also think that it's it's a it's a larger problem with Kingdom Hearts that I have as a whole, which is like mm-hmm. the ideas in it and the like characters that exist in it are so much more interesting to me. Than the actual stories that get told or how they get told, mm-hmm. and it's such a it's such a problem. It's like it's like 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 the like the back cover movie that you can get on the yeah, two point eight nothing. Um, thing. It's on PS4. fucking it's like,
0: nothing. It's like
2: it's <laughs> it's there's no transitions. There's no character introductions. It's just like the it's like pure lore injected into your veins, and but versus like union cross is the exact opposite where it's like they string that stuff along oh, forever yeah. until and like still something like out. actually happens and it's if if all of these things like if the entire story of kingdom hearts one and two and birth by sleep and dream drop distance and um union cross like if all of that happened in like a four game series or something like that was all on ps3 and 4 or like something like i feel like that I want that story so badly because I really love what they're playing with and I love what they're getting at. And when Ephraim showed up, I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. And they're like shooting and all the Keyblades are there and my, like the names are coming up and I didn't see my own name, which was really sad. And I <laughs> thought there was a way they should like, you should have to connect your PSN name I, to your thing just so your own name shows up. I, I don't up. know but how anyway. that came up.
0: I
1: don't like, I saw it pop no, up.
2: No, it's and awesome. I was like, it's super great. <gasps> like how, how did they know? I was
0: watching it and I was like, I don't even remember what my name was to know if I saw it or not. <laughs>
2: It was like Fall up
3: with trash, probably. Apparently, it was tied to a, per- a certain a certain mission that you had to meet by a certain.
0: Oh date. yeah, I doubt my name was in it because oh, I stopped playing okay. that game like four years ago.
2: <laughs> That's fine. I thought it was just pulling random names from anybody, but either way, like I I like that. I love all the foretellers. I love all the lore. I love the world of light and being fractured, and like all of that stuff is so cool to me. It's just frustrating that like it it gets railroaded into this one moment that you're talking about, Caitlin, where it's like all of that stuff and kind of the like post credit sequence, I guess a little bit. And like the Foreteller show up yeah. there, which is cool. But like, I want that story. I want that story told to me in a way where it's more fun to interact with it or where it's more cohesively told. And it's frustrating to have to watch hours and hours of recap videos and other stuff to like, understand well, what's So that's
0: happened. been my issue. So like, that's, I think like a lot of what you're saying, Sarah is like, has been my frustration with Kingdom Hearts three specifically, because like before now, Union has been, like, the prequel to the prequel, right? Like, timeline-wise and whatever. Mm. But, like, since it's been contained to mobile, it's always felt kind of separate. And, like, I was talking to yeah. my our friend Ian, Ian Prichell. Shout out to Ian. Um, but, like, we were talking about it. And I like the Unchained stuff, but I like it more as, like, being set further away from the events of the mainline games and like we're gonna get into it later i Mm -hmm. think but like i do think they're setting it up to really tell more of that story going forward which like i don't have a problem with i think that's cool and good but i think it should have had more distance like i honestly think that just doing that end credit scene would have been enough because they keep trying to like inject pieces of it into the kingdom hearts 3 story like with like, seeing Marlucia and their whole shit, and, like, the girls who were not... I, like, they don't ever confirm oh. who it was, but, like, it was probably <laughs> Marluxia's sister, maybe. And, like, all of that stuff nope. is... And it, it, its it's so frustrating because... On the one hand, I'm like, all of this weird, extra, behind-the-scenes shit that's kind of tied to Union actually has given the organization members more characterization and, like, intrigue than they've ever gotten before, which is ridiculous because there's two fucking games about them. But, like, it's a weird plot device that they didn't get to deliver on because they're trying to, like, leave breadcrumbs for some future thing. And I'm like, but it's not, you're not giving people enough, like, now, you know? Just too much going on. I can. I definitely understand that argument.
3: I think. It, I think it bothers me a little less just because I know there's going to be like ten years before the next one, and so I know I'm going to have plenty of time to like just keep on the, you know, crusade of going through all the theories and details and you know, yeah. what things could mean. I.
1: It depends because like the biggest issue and the reason why we had to wait ten years for it is because Square is notorious for. Being bad at project management, um, they assigned
5: Nomura. What?
1: A, yeah, they assign like. Don't forget, Nomura only found out he was directing the FF7 remake at the presentation at E3 when they announced it. Um, he was in the crowd when he found out he was the one directing it. Uh, they while he was working on Final Fantasy Versus 13 as well as then when it was rebooted to 15 and then later Kingdom Hearts 3 throughout that time period. His team worked on several games, smaller games, all the side projects. And then on top of that, um, he was also in charge of art direction or just outright directing several other games. They just laid at his feet, like, just here, do this. So if they don't do that again, we probably could get a game out in the next two to three years.
0: Well, I mean, I guess it'll depend because if they just do another like fucking. If they put like, Kingdom Hearts on Switch, ain't nobody here going to not play it. That's true. <laughs> that is
1: true. Um, that's what, uh, one of the rumors is, because of the red and blue uh, aspects of the, the oh, secret ending. Y- the Yozora oh, trailer, the red and blue yeah. of it.
0: I know I was, again, when I was talking to Ian, we were just laughing because, of, like, that that trailer is just basically Nomura being like, fuck you, Final Fantasy Fifteen was bad. <laughs> fuck all of you. And I was like, honestly... I'm really just here for him being petty and there really nothing coming of it. Like, I'm cool with that. I,
3: I'm, yeah, I'm here for either I'm, one. I'm re- if, I
0: respect that.
3: If it turns into, like, an actual this or that, that's cool, but if it is just him just being him, Nomura about it, like, I'm here for that, too. It's
1: yeah. it's interesting because, like, he never got to tell the story he wanted to tell. Tabata came yeah. in and basically reworked everything. And so, Yazora might just be, like, the way to do a project, yeah. Well, and I know and kind Viram of introduce Rex... the original worlds that he,
0: yeah. I know Verum Rex was supposed to be like the original title of Final Fantasy fifteen too. So there's a lot going on there, um. But I kind of hope it's not a game and that it's just patty. Uh, I here's I... the thing. I think it's going to be so.
1: Interestingly enough, there are no outside of the Keyblade graveyard and Twilight Town. There are no original worlds. Oh, sorry, and the final.
0: Well, in radiant, well, in this game, you're talking about this game, right?
1: Yeah, in this game, particular the games, the worlds that you get to go to. Nomura said he wants less Disney worlds and more um, like original worlds, like Hollow Bastion slash Radiant Garden. Um, and it really looks like he got overruled on that. Uh, so I think this next entry might be him reworking because we have the the world ends with you, like points, you know, little clues mm. left there for that. Yeah. And they were, of course, in Dream Drop Distance, so it's very clear that he wants to kind of explore the final, like, the the Square Enix extended library, not just Final Fantasy wise, but just, like, this extended library of worlds, and doing um, Virum Rex as a world, doing The World Ends With You as a world, like, that could actually be something very, very cool with that, so.
2: Yeah. I I think the thing I'm most excited about that is just getting away from Disney, and about, like, not, not that the Disney characters are necessarily bad, but Disney as a company is so hard to work with notoriously mm-hmm. around copyright and around just lots of, you know, a- another big problem I have with just Kingdom Hearts as a series in whole is like Donald and Goofy get almost no character development in all three games. Like Mickey gets almost no character development. Like he gets to grow and He's change a little a bit more. He's just a bad person and that's fine. But like those characters, their copyright is so valuable mm-hmm. and their, their brand is so specific that like you can't really do a lot with them and it's similar to a lot of the worlds in general like there's not much you can do to the frozen characters because they're billion dollar the frozen characters. world was like,
0: good though
1: People you know can and- fucking fight me okay it was good uh but like why did i have to listen to all of let it go Because
0: it's a good song cameron
1: also what is up with that mix of do you want to build a snowman the audio mix of that the song mixed with the dialogue, mixed with like everything else that was going on sound effect wise was like who put this together? Like what intern did they let touch the sa- like the the mixer board on this?
2: I I think that was rights stuff. I think the rights around music yeah. were really weird and it's why you had a lot of like weird versions. It's also why like the aerial world in Kingdom Hearts 2 had all these like weird knockoff songs instead of the actual, but anyway, like I I'm I'm excited for the idea of them moving away from Disney and being able to do an entire universe with, like, a soft lore reset and the ability to actually give these characters development. Like, they control all of the IP around the Final Fantasy, you know, 1 through 10 characters, or, well, through 15 now, I guess. But, like, they control all that IP. Like, they control all those characters. And, like, how cool would it be to, like, actually see some plot development around the Final Fantasy Seven characters or, like, ways to explore, like, different types of square even, like, outside of that, like, I want to go to Deus Ex World. <laughs> like, I want to go, you know, th- there's just so many opportunities for things that are outside of that Disney bubble. And I hope that what comes next is some sort of reset. What I um, am unfortunately, like, feeling like it actually is, is DLC. I think it's just going to be a VRM Rex DLC World that gets released in six months. And that's what that teaser weird. is for. There was
0: that weird announcement which I don't know if it ever ended up actually being true, but do y'all remember when Amazon was like, hey, we're going to have exclusive Kingdom Hearts DLC that you're going to have to get through us exclusively? Oh,
1: that was for the Keyblade. Was it? Um, okay, well, because yeah, the Amazon Keyblade, Keyblade
0: fucking sucks anyway, so...
1: Yeah. Um, it's, an, it's interesting to note, um, because there was an interview Nomura did where they asked him about DLC, and he said, you know, we'll have to see where DLC goes, and then they asked him about a season pass, and he says, no, if, it, if we do DLC, it'll be, like, free content DLC that gets added to the story. Nothing, like, no season pass, nothing like that. We don't have anything planned right now. No, well,
0: that um, makes sense. They've never really done yeah, it like that. That
2: that seems to track with, like, one big yeah. post-release world, I feel like.
1: But honestly, I actually think, I don't want to really see them do, like, I don't want to see a mid-go, because we already have our Final Fantasy 7, 8 characters in in a uh, radiant garden, and I really think doing something like Radiant Garden, like doing multiple different kind of versions of that with different Final Fantasy characters and different Square characters, all kind of coming together, still using some of those lesser known, you know, Merlin from the Sword and the Stone was able to, like they were able to do basically whatever they wanted with him, and Yensid they basically created just from the uh, the wizard from and Fantas- made the worst Fantasia. man. <laughs> but when he when he you leave he whispers hey your heart be your guiding key yeah but doesn't tell anybody <laughs> anything
0: fucking useful
1: he tells it to him when the plot is not ne- it's necessary for the plot to t- be told to them okay? he's a bad parent they're all bad i parents. mean he's not a parent he literally there's a little screen that says oh something super playful about Yensid. whenever you're not looking he transports his tower to a different part of space he doesn't oh, want people that. at his
0: tower. He's an ass. Yeah, he's a fuck. Everybody's a fuck in these games. Um, I- I, It's true. There's no good people in these games. Um, I totally get what y'all are saying. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> I-
1: I don't want- I don't think they'll leave Disney behind completely. I well, don't think
0: they I, I mean, if it's we're- if good. we're getting into what we think is next, I absolutely don't think that what y'all are suggesting is going to happen just because, um, have y'all read the Waypoint review for Kingdom Hearts 3? No, not, I, that's actually I'm one not, that I'm I've not.
3: Looked. I haven't really followed.
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah, been. so really that one is really interesting, because it's very much dealing with the stuff that Sarah's talking about, with the copyright stuff, and the whole kind of thesis of mm-hmm. it outside of being a review, because, I mean, it is a review. It's also Julie Muncy kind of talking about the fact that Kingdom Hearts even existing is fucking wild because, like, Disney is such a fucking yeah. dragon about their IP. <laughs> um, so having Mickey Mouse as like a weird, kind of morally ambiguous magic ninja is like very <laughs> fucking wild. Um, and I think that sc- I think that Disney has allowed Kingdom Hearts to continue, even though it's weird and fucked up and wild, is that like people do have this like irrational deep childhood nostalgia love for Disney. And I think they see a way to continue. I don't want to say preying upon that, even though that's probably a correct word, but like,
2: that's the correct. Word.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're definitely still capitalizing in it. They're yeah. a multi-billion
2: dollar corporation. If it's the right word.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, but I mean, and so for me personally, like, again, I love ridiculous bullshit. So like, I'm very here for watching Sora be like a Halloween town man or whatever. but two i think that there's like if you take away the disney stuff and make it like more serious final fantasy stuff because like i totally get sarah like why you would want there to be character development for those characters but i feel like if you did that it would become a different it wouldn't be kingdom hearts anymore
5: yeah
1: i agree um that's why i think like you can't dismiss disney stuff one what was really awesome is pixar when they let uh their worlds beat in this game is one of their stipulations was well it can't be a rehash of our stories we've already told you have to tell a new story
0: yeah which I definitely like that stuff better
1: yeah uh, and it led us to having Woody having the most baller ass shape blonde. that was him.
0: the funniest shit I have ever seen I was like cackling but also kind of crying because I was like this is so meaningful but also Woody just told Xehanor that no one's ever fucking loved him so i lost my mind i was like and then young xander just doesn't care he just doesn't even react to this fucking toy screaming at him well like
1: what he basically owns him so what is young xander gonna do he can't react to anything
0: he's he's a toy though you can pick him up and throw him
1: not Woody, though. Woody's too badass. He's a oh cowboy. Oh my god. He's a sheriff. And
0: see, shit like that is, like, if that, <laughs> like, I don't...
1: I can't believe I just said that sentence. Ugh, like...
0: It's Kingdom Hearts, it though! So and, like, that's my thing of, like, if you take shit like that away from it, I don't know what it is anymore, I guess. Like... I I feel like there's a way to do that, like,
2: goofiness and, like, anime-level bullshit, but just, like, in a different universe where you have more creative freedom, though. Like, I I don't think like Kingdom Hearts needs to become I don't know some like serious contemplation on like philosophy and the future of reality. Like I it's fine if it's goofy, but I just want them to sort of get away from everything they've built up so far that's bringing them down at least. I mean, I guess that's an objective opinion, but it just feels like they're so hampered by the limits of what they can do in the universe they've already built, but I would just like to see like the same style of storytelling but in a more expansive universe where you can tell multiple stories at the same time, instead of feeling like it's relegated to different stuff. And I, I hear what you're saying about the square piece too. Like they obviously didn't do the rollout of these games the best way either, but yeah. um, I don't know. I just, I just want something more from it. And I, I it's okay if that's not what other people. Think. Yeah. No, no, I get it.
1: I, I understand where you're coming from. No. And I, part of me really also feels that same way, but I also know that I have one of my best friends. I know for a fact, he, Hey. He hates the actual, like, Kingdom Hearts stuff. He just wants to play Disney stuff. He hates the nobodies. He hates or- the organization stuff, too.
0: Well, your friend is, is wrong, because-
1: so... <laughs> I know. I tell him all the time. Um You're gonna look no, me in the, in the so- eye and tell me you don't like the organization. Please. Uh, he, he's a contrarian. Um, so I was not surprised when uh, he told me But, you know, I love... I love the like getting the organization in Disney Worlds this time and having there actually like be a reason for them being there, the integration of these Disney Worlds finally be actually having like an impact and purpose. Uh the way that like Woody and like the reason they're in this toy world is because they're trying to figure out the replica stuff. Um the idea of like date like the dead man's chest is because they're trying to figure out the mechanics of well how does this object keep a heart alive inside of it yada 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 like there's actual reason for them being there for that and it's it drives the plot along because it's not like in or in two the bad guys were always like you know a billion steps ahead of sword this time it felt they were actually moving side by side at different paces and trying to get to the same end point which i liked um
2: yeah, I definitely like the worlds being more mm-hmm. integrated. Like, I thought that was really good, and I thought it was done well. And it, it didn't... I don't know if the story came first, and then the worlds were picked after, or if the worlds were picked first, and the story came after, but it felt like there was, like you said, a lot of really good synergy about Baymax, and oh, about the Baymax. part in the, oh, in the box, so and about... Like, you know, there, there there's... Yeah, there's so much good development around that, and I and I really liked that, and it was cool to see, but it's similar to what I was talking about before. It kind of wet my whistle to be like, oh... It's so cool to watch these Disney characters get just like one iota of development. Like I want now, I want well, more. Donald, right, like had, a don't Donald had a bunch of development.
1: Donald he had great development.
0: Donald became game a game. sassy motherfucker overnight. Uh, I yeah. I love it. Just the way at the end.
1: <laughs> That's oh, true. I did like the ultimate. His um no, what is he, he used it, a different Zeta,
3: Zeta Zeta flare? Yeah, Zeta
1: flare. Oh yeah, he's just like I have never before done <laughs> 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 It's like hey, you know how Sora just showed everybody how as a Keyblade wielder he can like summon attraction rides to murder, like, a billion Heartless. Well, it turns out Goofy is, like, the most indestructible, like, being in the world. Goofy died
0: once, so we knew that already. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then
1: Donald lets loose the most powerful spell in in, like, the cognizant existence of the universe. And just, like, blows (laughs) somebody who was thought to be, like, invincible just Mm -hmm. into nothing. This is great. It's so good. Like, they have this, and then they they stand next to Master Yen Sid, and it's like they're like, yeah, don't worry, we got. Oh, this. Oh, like they're gonna
3: protect him. Yeah, and they're like,
1: we got this. You're like, you're a whole pint now. I cried. I cried so hard when he said that. When Donald said that in his stupid Duck Donald voice, <laughs> <laughs> I cried. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna die. And they show up. It's like, okay
0: yeah. See, I think I think I'm on the other side of the coin where I kind of like the limits that the Disney shit imposes because I think. Sometimes, when you have limits, it gives like interesting solutions to weird problems. But I think that my thing was like, I really also liked the integration into the worlds, but it also made me frustrated because for every time that the worlds were integrated well and it kind of made sense that the organization was there, there was just as much shit where I was like, why are you doing this? What is happening? Like, there was these really, really good moments of, like, characterization that I feel like the organization members hadn't gotten before, but then they kept being overshadowed by just, like, like, like literally, I was like, why? Like, there were so many times, especially with Demix and Marluxia and Larxene, where I was like, why are you even here? Like, what are you...
1: Because it's Demix time.
0: I've, f- I screeched during the Demix time thing. I loved it so much. I fucking love him. He sucks so hard. He knows it too. I know, but that's the thing. I was like, like I was like, y'all are just here for some reason, and like, I kind of get Marluxia and Lark seen to a degree, but like, the fuck is Demix doing? And like, it's and like the stuff with Evan slash Vexen. Like, I liked the subterfuge and stuff going on there, but I wanted like I wanted more of that. So I do think that the development is an issue, but I think for me, it's less the Disney characters and more the actual characters that they already have, which I think is why I'm a little bit hesitant for them to go all in on their own characters because I think they kind of don't know what to do with them a lot of the time.
2: My girlfriend, as I was playing through this game, because she didn't really know a lot about Kingdom Hearts, Mm -hmm. I would like pause and explain like a big lore explainer and she's like, that meant nothing to me. I was like, okay, great. Um, But she called this game too many bad guys. (laughs) Like every every time there was a new enemy, she's just like, oh, too many bad guys, too many bad guys. And I was like, Yeah, I guess like it's hard to tell. And and I I think it kind of is what you're saying, Caitlin, where it's like they drag a little bit, not because there's anything wrong with them, but just because like I wanted some of them to be fused or taken away or assume what we're going to see like in the next Marvel movie where it's like, okay, here's like some of the cast taken away so we can do a tighter ensemble piece on these people or whatever. And it was like this game, it felt like went extra wide where it's just like, remember that one guy who was in that side game for four minutes? Yeah, he's here. (laughs) <laughs> it was like it was definitely hard to follow at certain times even for somebody yeah, who knows Yeah and a I just feel like lore. too
0: because this game was like significantly shorter than on any of the other mainline Kingdom Hearts games are mm-hmm. and I think yeah, I, definitely I hate to short. be the person who's like it should have been longer like I don't I'm not <laughs> like I don't I got my fucking I didn't pay $60 for it because I had a gift card but you know I got my money's worth from it like that's not my issue but I do just think genuinely for this story a lot of stuff needed more time to like kind of simmer and like People just like needed more scenes and like, you know, t- that's the other thing I think is nice about the Disney worlds. like just as a pacing mechanism is I feel like having more than the like what, like six or whatever is good because it gives you enough time to like have those weird little interludes and like scenes that are happening elsewhere because everything in this kind of felt rushed a little bit. Well, it's interesting mm. because in... One, you never backtracked to old worlds. And
1: two, though, I feel two is the big one where people remember the games being a lot longer than they were um, because two made you backtrack to all the old worlds. Yeah. Um, I beat Kingdom Hearts 1 in, I want to say, 26, 27 hours this late, most recent time. Uh, maybe even less than that because I did a bunch of side stuff as well. Versus Kingdom Hearts 2
4: took me much
0: longer yeah i think one took me forever because like i got really stuck in the worlds that are um shittier um (laughs) fuck you alice in wonderland world i was about to i was
1: about to say cough cough alice in wonderland yeah and then
0: that's the game that appears most in those fucking games and i'm like you get out of here
1: I don't know what's up with Nomura loving Alice in Wonderland, but it needs to stop. I
0: hate it. So. Well,
3: they're never going to lose the rights to it. So. That's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they basically let him do whatever he wants with the world, so he gets to use
0: it. Yeah, well, and I think part of it, too, that helped me, like, get through it so fast, too, was, like, the combat. Like, I think in part of it, because I noticed this, too, when I played the um, the PS3 and the PS4 ports of, like, I think it's a combination of me being older and, like, better at games than I used to be. But I don't know if it's just, like, the the new engines and the remasters and stuff, but like they genuinely feel a lot easier to me. And then
4: mm-hmm.
0: um Kingdom Hearts 3 with all the new battle systems and shit, I just fucking wrecked shop. Like I didn't yeah, but... die until like the last no, I I had a Koopa coin, so technically I died for the first time during Monsters Inc. during the final battle. That was the first time I like quote unquote died, but I had a coupon coin so mm-hmm. I lived. But that's, like, a hot minute to, like, not die in a game.
2: Yeah, like, I definitely died on Clayton a million times when I was playing my playthrough of Kingdom Hearts 1, like, recently.
5: Yeah.
2: You know, it's like, yeah, I, I think I think the combat kind of got easier in, in ways that I don't appreciate. But at the same time, maybe they're just trying to, like, railroad all of that into proud mode, where they're like, if you want this to be a challenge, go play that. Um, and if you want this to be a story mode, play normal. And before, I felt like normal was hard, and then proud mode was like, what are you doing? And then critical was like, just stop. Um, and so this felt like it was more like all the hardness was just yeah, pushed to Yeah, I think I mode. just
0: wanted it to be a little bit more, because it felt kind of at odds with the story, where they're like, yeah, Sora, you're all fucking weak again, but... Look, now you can, but you can summon you're, you're, arcade you're... rides for some reason, <laughs> and you can do shot locks. And like, I, it just felt like you got everything at once. And I wish that it had been kind of like doled out as you got through the game.
3: Yeah, I was really surprised at how many abilities and stuff you had, like right off the bat.
0: Yeah, like I kind of wish you hadn't gotten shot locks until like you got Ven and Aqua back, just because like that mm. was from their game. So right. I feel like it would have made more sense for Aqua to be like, hey, I'm a master, now that I'm back, let me show you a thing. And then, you know, the little Kingdom Hearts thing comes up, and it's like, you learned Shotlock, here's a Shotlock tutorial. Well,
1: one would be the perfect tutorial level for that.
0: Hmm.
1: When you actually, like, if they actually, instead of Aqua just doing this magic bullshit, unlocking Castle Oblivion from the outside, actually having to, like, traverse through Castle Oblivion.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought... And also picking up your old memories so
1: we don't have these weird moments anymore. Yeah. I don't know who they
0: are. Yeah, I definitely really thought that, like, when Castle Oblivion opened, that it was going to be, like, a level, and then it was just like, nah, bitch, welcome to the boss fight! Yeah. And, like, but I feel like, yeah, I just kind of wish that they had doled it out a little bit better, because I feel like that contributed to the story not feeling as, like, impactful well, not even impactful, but it just felt, like, not like there- it didn't feel like there was that, like, kind of heaviness that is in
3: mm-hmm.
0: the air of Kingdom Hearts.
3: I think about halfway through the game or a little bit before that, I did start tempering my expectations. I think I could start kind of seeing the writing on the wall, like like just that like, yeah, about less than halfway through the game, I started changing kind of my thought process. I didn't approach the game like it was Kingdom Hearts 3. I started reading it like 2.99. <laughs> like, like a lot of this like, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, okay. A lot of this is actually not going to get resolved in the way I thought or Get the amount of time, uh, with people reuniting. As you know, we're not gonna have like really long scenes with that. I think I would start realizing that. So I think that's why at the end of it, I still had a pretty positive, like, overall reaction to the game. Because yeah, about halfway through, I realized that's all gonna probably come later. Like this is this is as much a closing as it is like the starting of the next
4: chapter.
2: Yeah, I Caitlin, earlier, like, way at the beginning of the cast, you said, like, it felt floaty to you, and you didn't, like, have mm-hmm. a better word for that, and it's like, I, I feel that, too, where it's like, I felt like it was just kind of checking the boxes, like, I was going through the motions, um, like, I, I had kind of the opposite experience of playing Kingdom Hearts games before, where it's like, it didn't give me more appreciation for Kingdom Hearts 3, although it did give me more appreciation for the story, like, I, I was glad I knew who Aqua and Terra and Ven were, and where that came from, and all that stuff, but, like, for for the gameplay it made me i think feel like like it it didn't impact like you said it's like all these big fights that are supposed to be really hard it was like okay well i'm just gonna jump and then press x a lot until i run (laughs) out of my combo and then i'm gonna like shoot four spells at it and then heal myself and then i'm just gonna do that again and it worked on basically every single boss for the whole game and so it's like it's it's really hard to feel like it's climactic when there's not like a sense of dread or fear there i guess or even just, like, like you're gonna lose. Um, so, yeah, it, it just felt kind of flat for me on the combat side. Yeah, definitely. well,
0: I think for me that bled into the story just because, like, I don't really know how to explain it well, but, you know, like, these games are silly as shit, but there's always kind of, like, an air of, like, melancholy to it. And, mm. like, there's always serious shit going on. And, like, Allegra Frank's review from Polygon was the first one that I read, and it was kind of her being, like, well, it keeps being silly, and, like, Sora never changes, and I was like, okay, well, that's Kingdom Hearts. And I <laughs> I stand by that, like, I do disagree with her on a lot of that stuff, but I think that this game had a really hard time capturing, like, that same feeling, because, like, in one, like, yeah, it's Sora wandering around, like, fucking around with Alice in Wonderland and all that shit, but it's also, like, his best friend being like, hey, fuck you, you're weak and stupid, and I don't need you.
3: Yeah, they're really heavy moments in that game, yeah
0: yeah and like and then too like wondering where Kyrie is and just like not knowing and then when you do finally find her you're just like oh Kyrie's fucked up right now like this is bad and like the and like you can feel like the shadow of like riku hanging over mm-hmm. the game and i feel like the same thing kind mm-hmm. of happens in two where you can like just you because you know the organization is there and they're they kind of set it off with like the intro with twilight town is fun but they always kind of lean on like a little bit of a creepy vibe and they definitely do the sci-fi like you know things aren't real and it's kind of (laughs) spooky and and, like that's the tone of the whole game and then Kingdom Hearts 3 is like it's vibrant as shit and like they they don't really do a good job of setting up the stakes, even though, like, we know what the stakes are, but, like, because Yens is just like, hey, Sora, you keep fucking up and you gotta go find this power, but I'm not gonna tell you how to do it, so just go get ripped or whatever, I guess. But then you go out <laughs> into the world and you've got all this stuff at your disposal, it just kind of feels
3: maybe like mixed messaging yeah well it just doesn't have that same
0: sense of like something imposing you know
3: Mm -hmm. not the same sense of urgency like in the other game
0: which is a bummer because i actually liked the framing of being like hey like sora is feeling really aimless and like just trying to figure out what the fuck to do like i like that framing i think it's interesting Mm -hmm. but i don't think they capitalized on it well and and then like so when we did get to that moment where Sora is, like, screaming and crying and being, like, without my friends, I'm nothing and, like, all this shit, I was, like, I want this moment to be really impactful and it still kind of is just because I'm so bought in. But, like, they really could have driven it home if they had had more shit. to it earlier? Well, and if they had, I feel like if they had given Sora more of a chance to, like, because they kept trying, I feel like, where they were, like, oh, like... Bray is making fun of you, but you can take it, right, Sora? And then, like, you know, there were like little instances where they were trying to make it seem like, oh, Sora is having a hard time right now. And I think they just could have really built into that identity crisis more and made it more impactful. Mm. And they just kind of dropped the ball on it. Okay, I can see that.
3: Yeah, I think I felt a lot of that more towards the beginning because they're really trying to drive it home that, like, hey, you're weaker now and stuff. But yeah, I think it would have it if they had carried that.
1: Also, if you have one of the pre-order things, you can uh, do, like, a, like the most powerful version of, a, of an
4: elemental spell. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's a... I, don't
1: get wrong. Like, I, I, I honestly feel like I got my money's worth out of it. Um, and when I say I got my money's worth out of it, I imported the PS4 Pro from <laughs> Japan. For, so... I really feel... But I also feel like it was part of the journey part of the something about Sora's growth in this game was more about him learning. It, it's funny because, like, you don't really pick it up until the very end. Um, but the lessons Sora's learning that helps him reawaken his power of waking, uh, is actually him learning what he like setting him up for what he has yeah. to do to rescue Kairi. Um, when he talks to Hercules, he said, when you got your strength back, like, how did you, how'd you do it? And Hercules tells him, he's like, well, I, like, love, mm. love did it for me." And so it's like, throughout this entire thing, um, Brandon sort of reawakens the power of waking because, oh shit, Vanitas is about to, Vanitas is about to fuck everybody's day up. Um, but really when he becomes to a master of that power, as when he has to go through all the different worlds and all the different, uh, chasing the, the lich and saving all his friends, and then they give you that ominous, like, you can't keep doing this, mm-hmm, Sora. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't okay. Like, you can't you can't bring all these people back from the dead. Like, he's, this Heartless is here because he's part of a natural order of taking hearts to the darkness the way they're supposed to. Like, your friends all died, and you're, like, rebooting this, and that's not okay, says the man who literally came here from a time travel. Um... <laughs> Because it's young Xehanort who tells you, it's like, dude, you literally lived, like, 80 years ago. Like, you don't get to tell me about the natural order of the Um But at the very end, like, it shows. Like, it's uh, it's all about him finding the, the strength inside of himself, willing to sacrifice himself to save the person he loves.
0: Which I think, which is fine, but I think it's another part where they drop the ball because they completely fucked Kylie.
1: Yeah, I was waiting for that, because I was like, let's talk about this.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> they, like... They, like, what was the point of all of
1: this character building just for Xemnas to be able to grab her wrist and disable her completely?
0: Well, and you see her lift a keyblade fucking once!
1: <laughs> I don't, like, in the preload and, like, in the fight at the beginning with uh, with Saix and Shion... Like she, she's ro- like she's rolling around. She's Yeah, but like, you know, like her keyblade like, around. You know,
0: in the end, like the scenes in the maze where you can like choose who you're gonna go help. There's yeah. like that's like the only time you really see Kyrie like doing work. And I was like, on the way here, I was like, and right, she's doing good work. Right. She's Hell, laying yeah. in a good foundation. Hell, yeah, but then when you start playing with her, her main thing that she does is fucking heal you. And I was like, well, damn, if that isn't just if that is just how it because how it be. Fucking, of course.
1: Uh. uh that's more help than Donald than goofy well, yeah me, but sora. i was like
0: i was like of course <laughs> kairi is mostly just fucking healing you of course and like it sucks because you know like sora has all those combo moves with people in his party and it would have been so cool if he and Kyrie had had something together and they didn't and i was like and and there was so much all of her scenes with lee axel whatever the fuck were like she, where she keeps me like, I'm gonna protect Sora, I'm gonna do this stuff, I'm gonna do and then they just don't let her do anything. And it fucking. Well, you know,
1: she does sucks. actually save. She does save Sora. I
0: mean, she does, yeah. but like, it feels like she, a. She, sa- sex she doesn't save with her Keyblade. Shit. Yeah, she, she doesn't save
1: with the Keyblade. She saves him with the power of love. So.
0: Yeah. It's not the same. Well, That's it's,
1: not what we
2: wanted. It's also frustrating. It's also frustrating, too, because like, literally the last thing that happens for the last fight, she gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, a fucking course Kyrie gets kidnapped. Like literally, the only plot device he knows to ramp up the the tension is like Kyrie got kidnapped. Happened in two. Happened like, in this one again. Yeah, it's 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 super frustrating. I'm with you that it's frustrating, especially when there's like no other female characters in this story at all, other than Aqua, who like gets some really cool development and she gets to grow and her story in Birth by Sleep, I think, is the oh, strongest absolutely. of the three. And like, I I really love her as a character, but um, it's it's so frustrating that like it's all it would almost be better if there were no good female characters because then I could just be like, they just don't know how to write women. But since there's one good female character, you're like, just just do that, but more. Like, just do that, but in different ways. I don't know.
1: Did you guys ever play the DS game? Yeah, I know. Shion's the... good,
0: too. Sh- she- yeah, that she- game is Xion so is slow, fucking terrific, But like, she- it's hard because but... she is only real for that one game and then not again until the very end of three.
2: Um... And and she's she's the same problem with Roxas. They're both like empty vessels that are just like in a haze for half of the game. Yeah. And like, and if you try to watch the like video version, it's super the video slow version too.
1: is like three hours long and it's the worst. The, it's so the video
0: long. version also, I don't think, does yeah. justice to like the game. But also, that game it really fucking sucks to play. So you yeah. know, it's hard. But I I feel like Aqua got done dirty in this game too. Keyblade Master, can't beat Vanitas. Yeah. Well, I agree. it's also frustrating to me because at the end of point two, she's like, "I got this. I'm gonna be the light in the dark. I'm gonna guard these bitches. I am fucking Master Aqua." And I was like, "Hell yeah!" And then you f- she did it for ten years. And then you find her. Well, and like, and I wasn't even mad that she like fell to darkness. I was like, "All right, okay, okay." Because it, left- it was this. a really cool scene. I'm interested. It was a
2: really cool rescue scene. Yeah. I like that. I loved their like super gay keyblade oh. that they like, <laughs> joined together and used. Oh stuff. my yeah, gosh! The, no, it's
1: it's the ultimate. It's called the ultimate keyblade, and it's my favorite keyblade.
2: Yeah, it was just like a straight up spirit bomb. Mm. Like they just held their hands up, and it was so good. I loved it.
0: Yeah, well, and I didn't even mind like Aqua falling to darkness and all that shit, but it was another moment where it felt really rushed. Because I felt yeah. like Aqua being like, hey, fuck you, Mickey, it's your fault that I'm down here, and like, this is your fault, and now I'm all fucked up, like, that was valid. I was yeah. like, hell yeah, like, Real you good. should be pissed about that. And then, like, Mickey basically is just kind of like, shrug him and like, he kind of apologizes, <laughs> and then like, then he's just like, well, I'm so happy, everything's good, and now Aqua and I are friends again, and I was like, oh, what don't the forget, fuck? Mickey
1: also tried to, yeah, Mickey also tried to brush off that Kyrie was dead at the <laughs> end of the game. Yeah. Everything's back the way it should be. And it's like and so it's like, bitch, no, it's not.
0: Yeah, Mickey is like and like I like Mickey being a questionable motherfucker. I do, but I like it so much better when they give it the space to because at least Riku was like, yo, like
3: We'll figure it out. He was like
0: so upset that he didn't get to save her. And I felt like and there is something to be said for Mickey being like, I'm like the misguided pragmatist, but they just like didn't give it enough room to breathe, and I was just like, fuck man.
1: I don't, I don't know if Disney would have approved the game if they gave it enough room to breathe.
0: I feel like they really could. Like, I'm not even asking for a deep conversation. But literally just like, yo, maybe Aqua doesn't talk to Mickey until the end of the game. Even that would have been better. <laughs> yeah. And then Aqua, yeah, she just doesn't. I was like, I was really expecting her to play a lot bigger of a role in things. Mm.
2: Yeah. I wanted And her
0: then... Too she just she just didn't
2: also can we talk about how the gameplay of fragmentary passage was like better than most of the combat in this game (laughs) like i liked not having the rides i liked the like greater focus on magic like i liked the like more traditional like finishers (laughs) like you know like how in kingdom hearts birth by sleep you have like the finisher Mm, that you're building up to and like some of the keyblades (laughs) had that but some of them just like transformed or did other stuff and i don't know I, I thought it was better, more pared down. I wish the rides didn't exist or it only happened in, like, really specific yeah, sequences.
0: Yeah. Because it just felt like, I, that, I don't it know. It was too much.
2: Yeah, it, it just felt like too much. It was too bombastic.
0: Well, especially because so. they didn't really explain that at all. They were just like, this is a thing now. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah.
1: My my whole thing is, they just came up too frequently. Yeah. Especially yeah. when I was trying to build up to a different... um. Like a different combo and...
0: Well, yeah, if especially like too, because they don't in-game aura. tell you how to switch between them. I found out how to switch between mm. the triangle commands oh, on yeah. Twitter.
1: Oh, like oh the really? The I, just, I discovered it midway through the game.
0: Yeah, I just... made like, my life so much better. I saw somebody talking about it on Twitter, and I was like, oh shit, really? Yeah. And then that's how I wish I there was it.
1: a mode where you could turn off the rides.
0: Yeah, I just... The rides were really unnecessary, I think.
1: Except for when you fight the Rock Titan and then the giant army of heartless. Going on Thunder Mountain. Oh,
4: yeah, to well, murder those those It's that. pretty fun.
2: It's, is that the only way to end that fight? I, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I was I was doing something where he was at like a sliver of health, and I didn't want to press the command. And yeah, it doesn't let you finish the fight if you don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just infinite heartless if you don't. Yeah. You need that. You need that bad <laughs> Thunder Mountain ride to come crashing down and murder. What?
0: Right my question is has Sora ever been to a theme park?
1: Nope, he has not. No, because canonically he has so... not. So he he well no that's not true actually. He went to a theme park in uh Dream Drop Distance. Oh, that's true. That's Sleeping true.
0: He did. That's true. So
1: we can blame Pinocchio's world once again for being one of the worst <laughs> uh for introducing us to this terrible idea of the fucking teacups. I can't I hate the teacups so
2: at least the teacups are an easy like you just summon them and then press triangle to do a big AoE and then they're gone. Like I like that. That's least. true, like
1: the the blaster rides. Mm.
2: Yeah, the blaster ride takes forever. Um can I ask a weird technical question about the story at the end?
0: Yes. Sure.
2: So there's the sequence. You basically end up seeing the same cutscene three times, mm. right? Where it's like there's well, at least the beginning of the cutscene is the same the first two times. Where it's like they Sora can't help at all and then gets consumed by darkness. And then it shows that same cutscene again, and he gets consumed by darkness again. And then the third time is, like, when all the Ephemer stuff happens. and Like that type of fight. So, like, was time travel happening there? Like, are we just supposed to believe that, like, that was, like, a, a, a god intervention of, like, okay, you fucked up this time, and we're gonna just, like, rewind and go back, and, like, why is so? It, yeah, it only
1: that scene only happened. So he was only consumed by the darkness uh, twice, wasn't he? I, if I'm recalling. I'm pretty sure uh, the first time I'm was. Sure he tried, to,
2: I'm pretty sure he gets rash, and then he tries to come back early, and then he fails again. I feel like that's what happened, but I could be
1: wrong about. Does it? I re, I um. remember him. I remember him. Everybody gets consumed by darkness
4: um well, after I remember, uh, zeta I, flare goes i
0: out. know i remember the scene happening at least twice because there's the first it scene where sora loses his shit and then riku's like you don't believe mm-hmm. that you have to whatever the i don't remember the quote i and mean then... even
2: even if it's just twice my question still stands like they show the same cutscene uh, twice and yeah so it, it yeah
1: is the difference being um so i don't know did you guys interact with Nomine star in yeah i did
5: the Final yeah, World? yeah i did
2: and that okay. that was by far my favorite part in the entire game like the Final World, Chirithi, talking mm. to all the stars. Like, is that, that what that was? was so is
0: cool. that was that nominee? Yeah,
3: yeah. She says,
2: "Yeah, that's some
1: fuck." She me. That stars nominate. name.
0: Okay, so nominate.
1: Nominate is one of the stars, and she tells you, "I feel a connection to Terra. I'm going to go try to in like try to see what I can do to help." Oh, and I think that's I why missed when it resets,
0: because I didn't talk to all that's why, the stars.
1: Yeah, there you go. You missed that. You also missed um. Right now, the leading theory is that it's Ava. Is who the mysterious quote unquote friend is if you read the secret reports and stuff. Yeah, because
0: I I uh, know I cool. talked to the one that was like, I'm waiting for someone, he's gonna come find me, so I'm just chilling until he oh, shows up.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's Ava. Yeah, see I figured I, uh... that.
0: I miss either I miss the nominee star or I don't remember it. I think I missed it. You miss have to it. talk to
2: all the other stars first. So like if mm-hmm. you don't talk to all of them before you collect your body parts, then you can't see the
1: nominee star.
0: Oh yeah, I know. So, that's, that's weird says, too, though. Yeah, Why that
1: you can miss that? Yeah.
0: Oh wait, never mind. Answer my own question. My brain. Never mind.
1: Um. All right, so so she she influences. Um,
0: so, so she helps Terra with the told Terra. Well, thing. so
1: it's not Terra that she's in. So when Terra's heart was taken and his body was controlled by Xehanort, his mind slash soul uh, remained in his Keyblade arm. Yep. And that's the lingering will armor that you can fight as an alternative boss. The, he's the final version of Terra that you get to fight as at the end of Birth by Sleep in that kick-ass fight. Yeah, um, It's fucking hard. It is hard, but it's so good. Um, And the thing is, because Naminé contacts the lingering will and wakes it up, it goes to deal with Xehanort and also influences it because you never see that armor again after that scene. But afterwards, uh, Terra's Heartless is able to fight against his body and saves Aqua and Ben. So basically, like, by doing that, you remerge. merge And this is my theory- You remerge the Lingering Will back with its Heartless and do that. So I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. Um, but- Damn, that would have been a good thing to make not fucking missable.
4: Yeah, yeah. right? Well, and my my
2: bigger problem was the time travel stuff, because, like, they- time travel's weird, whatever, I understand you can pick it apart forever, but, like, they've established that if your heart is split from your body, you can travel in time, and that's how Xehanort got back in time to do all the weird time medley stuff that he does then. But, like, yes. are we supposed to believe that that Sora, like, the all the stuff that happens at the end of the game after that sequence is, like, Sora in some alternate universe where in different universes, all of his friends died and he failed, and, like, we got transported to the universe where it
1: works? Not- or? Not an alternate universe. So, Kingdom Hearts timeline doesn't work off of alternatives. It works off of events. So, there will become, like, everything in Kingdom Hearts is, essentially the idea of Kingdom Hearts and the universe it exists in is everything's predetermined. So, that's how Xehanort's able to manipulate things to make sure that they keep happening the way he wants it to happen, is because... He does have the whole split my body into three things, blah, 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 yada, so yada. So then yada, Lingering it, Will
2: out. and Ephemer fucked that
1: up, basically. Like, well, they, and I think exactly. Sora fucked But it they up did too. that by going into an Sora alternate did. universe. So, not an alternate universe, it's still the same.
0: Well, because the whole thing that Chirithi says, right, is, like, the reason that Sora is in the last world is because, in theory, like, that's where you go when you die. And in Kingdom Hearts vernacular, death is your body and heart were destroyed at the same time but Sora still hanging around for whatever reason and so I think because of that I think he qualifies for time travel but I think he also like because he was able to do that and technically cheat I think he's then able to do like all of the weird diving into the other worlds and fighting the lich shit which is more cheating and so then I think he just kind of gets to be like hey fuck you fate
1: pretty much um it's actually interesting so uh if you didn't notice um the opening cutscene when you start a new game, and it's that awesome cinematic of Don't Think Twice mm-hmm. with the music, Um, I I personally feel, and this is my theory, is that the quote he gives where it's, um, I've talked to, like, you want to, like, you we mentioned Ian earlier. Ian and I have literally been talking, like, we just have these long spells where we just talk back and forth about stuff, but um, Sora makes an interesting statement that even if, they like, they can destroy your body, they can destroy your heart. But if it's your destiny, like, if it's your fate, that's just one step closer to home. So, if you, and it's it's interesting because there's, like, a lot of different, symb- like, symbology going on with that as well. Um, where at the very end of the cutscene, he's holding the Xehanort chess piece. So, it's clear like this is taking place after he's, quote-unquote, won the game. But it's also interesting. So he, like you said, he cheats. He cheats the system, and he's told off by Xehanort saying, "Like you can't do this. Like I follow the rules to do time travel. What you're doing, what you're doing, is just pure fuck." Well, and but even Chirithi's
0: like, like, "Yo, dog, dog, you're fucking this shit up."
1: Yeah, yeah, she's like, "You can do this, but like you're like, what you're doing is like really messed up." And and <laughs> and,
2: and it's also because the dandelions cheat time too, right? Like that's the whole idea. Is like that. That's what he couldn't expect, right? Was that like. They were somehow Mm -hmm. outside of his, Xehanort, I mean, they were somehow outside of Xehanort's ability to see the whole timeline, and so they fuck up his plan, right? Like, that's the implication there. Yeah, well, there's also... Because
1: the dandelions came from before, and so the experience that you're getting in the event that they're referring to, like, you had to complete it before a certain date and time, is you had to complete a mission where basically the dandelions create pockets of light to keep worlds from falling into darkness. Well,
0: and they're like data worlds After too. Apart. So that's the other thing yeah, that adds it's... wrinkles is like the current kingdom hearts timeline like might be some data within data ash shit perhaps it's that's
1: some serious meta theory going on right there but yeah <sighs> that is a possibility. Yeah, they've definitely um... introduced
2: that as a as a plot device in the story but it's like vague and on the side so like it would be kind of a weird yeah, be well, because like, cause like technically data, but...
0: speaking, the worlds that the dandelions created that they were supposed to hide from the end of the world in are data worlds. So then, if that's the continuation of the quote-unquote world, then like
1: because the actual worlds themselves were swallowed by darkness.
0: Yeah. So then, there's technically speaking, everything that we played could have been a fucking data shit, which means that they had data within the data for coded and all of Ansem's garbage.
1: It makes it would make sense why the magic is able to work the way it does in the world, but anyway, isn't, I digress. Isn't,
2: isn't there a part in either Dream Drop Distance or Recoded? I don't remember which, where somebody dives within data within data, right? Like there is a yeah, two level dive at some point.
1: That's,
4: that's the end coded. Of Distance, uh, it's I think,
1: right?
4: it's coded. Yeah. coded. That happens in coded Riku um, is and it happens. The
0: journal yeah. slash data Riku and then Data Source. Data Riku literally like, please for the love of God, kill me, and Data is like, no. That triggers. Yeah, that, there's I some think. there's some
1: weird Black Mirror shit in Recoded.
0: Recoded was near before near was near. That's true. Um no,
1: but I uh it's interesting. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, he does. Because basically Sora starts breaking all the rules to win. Um And it's interesting, so he abuses the power of waking so hard and more than anybody else ever has done. Uh and does it so recklessly that, like, yeah. Basically, Xehanort pops up to tell him, "Like, dude, you're you're about to like you basically got one more jump left in you." Anyway, but um, it's it's super interesting. I love that. So yeah, answer back to what I was trying to say. To answer your question. Yeah, he does. He is able to kind of like do a quick reset. It's not an alternative universe because Kingdom Hearts doesn't work that way. As far as like the way that its universe is set up, I guess you could theorize and say like he's actually an alternative universe, and it's like the Zelda time.
3: Yeah,
1: um, but I I personally don't think that way. I think that he was just able to kind of do a quick reset, change some things around. Because um, at the end of the day, it's all a chess game. So
0: yeah, I think right. I personally like if he cheated better too, just because that seems like more of a Sora ass thing to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, Riku. I know that you went through this like sacred ceremony with Terra to like be so the Keyblade's yours. But uh, my friends are my power, so give that shit back.
0: Well, and like he just like, well i mean he just stumbles into everything so i feel like him having a mental breakdown while he dies and then being like jk like i'm i'm just still this fucking dipshit who's going to make it happen like Seems
1: more in character it's it's some serious anti it's very
0: unbranded yeah. i feel
1: <laughs> it is this is a kid who lines his every like article of clothing with zippers like this kid has no boundaries
0: Oh, can we... Speaking of zippers, that made me think of um, Pete's outfit. Oh. oh my um, gosh. <laughs> can we, Please do not make me think of the logistics no, of No, I don't want to get into that. That's for... That's for somewhere else. I don't know where, but somewhere else. Um, But... Yo, Pete Maleficent did not fucking matter in this no, game. No,
3: like I said, like, half this game is just set up for whatever's next. Like, they really want to drive home that there's a black box and it's important and stay tuned to the end and and
0: it's more of that fucking union shit because the black box is the lushu box
1: yeah the lushu box and the best part is i didn't even pick up that he was lushu at the like until the end and then all of a sudden my brain went back and started like everything started falling into pieces i was like motherfucker he's been lushu the entire ass time
2: yeah that was definitely the coolest reveal I, i i appreciated that
0: I liked that reveal mostly because they made it because it's Bragg Zigbar whatever however we're addressing him at this point. There is also a chance that he's not Shu what,
1: what? Are you
4: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no. I love that. Don't no, open, open don't that think. door. Yeah, that's true. That's, don't
1: open that that's door. entirely
0: possible. <laughs>
1: I, like, I would just well, love it if he murdered well, Lushu like, and took the I box. I feel
0: like they so. opened that door, right? Like I feel yeah. like at the end, yeah, kind of... I don't remember. I don't remember any of the union leaders' names, but I think it's Gula is the Gula is the leopard, yeah. Like... Or are
3: you talking about? Uh, no, yeah, Gula is the. I
0: don't I said, know. The bear one that. was like, "How the fuck do we know it's really Lushu?" And he was like, "Well, I have all this information." But I was like. Man, there was so much treachery and bullshit in Union that it could genuinely just not, like, Bray could just not be him. Especially because they're like, you don't look like Lucio. And he's like, yeah, I switched bodies. And I'm like, well, that's not unheard of, but like, mm. Well, it's interesting. So
1: in the secret report, it actually talks about, so one of the secret reports is written by Lucio and talks about how when the, world's, when the world is consumed by darkness and the dandelions do their job, he actually separates himself from his body. And has his heart continue on to find new vessels and everything else. It's So it does set that up. Um, but it also shows because Lushu passes the keyblade down the way he's supposed to. Um and there's like that wonderful moment where it's like finally back where it belongs, yada yada yada. Like and it also fits because Lushu has a lot of the like I'm gonna fuck with you just to fuck with you bullshit that Rake slash Zigbar does all the time. Um, like his master gives him a keyblade and he says, Well, it's like the eye of whatever. And he goes, Oh, so that's its name. He goes, No, it doesn't have a name. He goes, Okay, I'm going to call it No Name. Like, that's some Zigbar ass shit. I,
2: I don't know. I feel like the Master of Masters was more Zigbari. y. Like, just the,
1: Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's a magic thing. Who cares?
2: Blah, 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 blah. Like, Masters. Uh... I'm so excited. Yo, that-
0: I just had a fucking brain blast listening to Cameron talk about that. Because, like, Sorry. So, like, okay. So if Lushu separated his body and was the OG separating my body finding vessels thing and Xehanort has that damn keyblade with the eyeball in it and there's the iconic Dream Drop Distance line of I'm already half Xehanort. Are they just the same oh, guy? Zero. Are they just both
1: fucking Lushu? No, Zigbar specifically um, introduced himself to get back because he knew the time was coming up for him to take back the keyblade.
0: Yeah, but you know what I'm saying of how, like, if Lucius started the oh, yeah. body snatching, and in it, theory... It could easily just
1: be part of the master-apprentice thing Well, again. and
0: I'm just sure. wondering if, like, if Lucius started the body snatching, someone had to tell Xehanort about body snatching, and someone also had to give him that keyblade, and if Luxu's capable of splitting, I don't see why there's not a reason why Xehanort couldn't be a vessel, So what if they're just the same man.
1: It's entirely possible. Like I would think it, they're like half the same. Like they've been. I I have no doubt that Xu has been like influencing things going along. But it's interesting to note if you watch um the one of the cutscenes where they're playing the chess match, uh, Xanort looks over and he sees their master's Keyblade because he refers to their master and looks at his map, what presumably mm. is their master's Keyblade, and it's a. A different version of the no name keep.
2: He also doesn't have yellow eyes yet; they're gray.
1: Exactly, I'm telling you, they're the same man. Well, I think. I think maybe Zigbar slash Lushu influenced or told him about body snatching, and then put a part of himself in there. And so there you go. But it's also interesting note because I don't think he had yet. Like I don't think Luciu slash Break had yellow eyes until. After Dream Drop... Not, uh, sorry, until after um, Birth by Sleep, because if I remember correctly... Let me Google search this real quick. break
3: He has brown eyes.
1: Yeah, Brake had, had brown eyes in Birth by Sleep up until the very end of the game.
2: So are we just supposed to believe that like yellow eyes are inherently evil or something? Because like, <laughs> they, they they were very specific about those eyes tracking when Xehanort was inside of somebody like Aqua, and then she loses them when she's not anymore, so like,
1: well, it's I think it's the influence of darkness. Yeah, turns well,
0: because it's weird because they they make it they've branded it as being Norded. Like, well, I mean, obviously that's, that's like the what the community thing. calls it. Yeah, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? Of like, every time someone gets possessed, they've very very heavily focused on the yellow eyes. But also, when Aqua's just like given into the darkness, her eyes just turn yellow, and like she's not possessed. Also, but...
1: when Sora goes into his dark forms, um. His eyes uh, turn gold as well.
4: I think it's just
3: a thing thing it's just a. I think it's just a darkness thing. Now you are officially,
4: you know, a, a member of. Because all the heartless darkness.
1: have gold eyes too. Yeah, it's like it's like your your membership card. Yeah, you know, when you when you get a membership to Costco, you get the card. When you get a membership to Darkness, you get gold eyes.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, because I think the dark version of Riku has it too. Um, which that's nitpicky because he's also, like, low-key possessed. I don't know. Anyway.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, we're getting way too confident about this.
0: How, how did y'all feel about the ending? And I'll say ending as in, like, the Badlands
1: onward. Okay. I just want to say, whoever let Nomura see Infinity War deserves to be put behind, like, taken out back and shot in the head. <laughs> 'Cause that, that fade away bullshit, like turning into dust. I was so just like, what the fuck? Oh, but happened? that's been
3: since chain of memories.
1: Oh, I know. It's fine. I like I've accepted it and I like I'm totally on board with where things are now. But in the moment, I was like deeply like shook. I was very shook. Cause I thought they were gonna kiss. I thought we got that moment. Oh, I we had you
3: that moment. you yeah. you skipped away. In advance, you're talking about the last shot of the game. Caitlin said from the Badlands onward, so I thought you were still talking about like the fight between darkness and light. You oh, no, fast all forwarded. Of that I love You fast Sorry, forwarded fast all the, way, forwarded to all the, the way to the
1: end because this is how bad I was shook, Christian. <laughs> I was shook so bad.
3: We were both talking about two different things then. Okay.
1: Yep, yeah, my bad. Sorry. Um, oh, you're talking. Try- yeah, when they're getting dispersed up and. In- yeah, okay. No, I'm totally on board with that. I'm talking about the Infinity War at the very end. Yeah, I was, I was like, I was
3: like, Infinity War and disappearing, what?
1: I mean, it's a Marvel, you know, Thanos snapped yeah. his
0: fingers so that had to go. That ending, the ending ending is weird.
3: Alright, so now we're talking about the Sora thing? Or?
0: So, I mean, we're here, so let's talk about that, and then we can kind of backtrack.
4: Right.
0: Sorry. No bad. worries. So, I...
1: Talk about the most heartfelt, like good, like good feels way to lead us
4: into
0: yeah, that moment. Well, so I loved the beach scene so much, like oh, so. Good. I, it was like it was super fan servicey, and I just didn't give a shit. I was like, yes, please, <laughs> this is all I've ever wanted, and I was really happy. But then, like the the weird, like I get what they were trying to do. I think with like the well, Kyrie's the one who disappeared, but now it's Sora, and like you know, we're trying to be all artsy and shit, and I was like. I was like, can't... Uh, I think it was the tr- Yeah, I was like oh, I was like, can't you just like let this end? Like can't can't everyone just be together and we just <laughs> fucking call it good? Either that or Sora's just gone as a consequence for fucking with everything so much. Like I would even be I would maybe even be more fine with that if like there were actual consequences, like what young Xehanort said. Like if Sora did disappear because he just like fucked with stuff too much. I think that would be perfectly fine. But like, I think that's what happened. Well, cuz it kind of made it like I can't remember what it said, but there was some phrasing in like the ending narration that kind of made it sound like Sora was going on another journey.
1: Oh, yeah. So, he so he said, "Well, I'm not going to let her be alone for another minute." And so he bails, and then everybody continues going on, and then they all re- like in my mind, this is my head canon, of course. Um they all decide to get together at the beach, and when Donald and Goofy see, presumably see Sora, um, they're going to go, you know, of course, leap onto him like they did at the end of Kingdom Hearts Two. Um, but then King Mickey stops them because uh, you know Kyrie and and Sora are up there alone, having their moment. And uh, and at first I thought, oh, okay, I didn't think about it, but then I realized everybody starts looking up at Sora and Kyrie, but none of them are happy. Like they're all kind of like holding their breath, almost. And then, Kyrie and Sora have that last moment in the sunset together, and then Sora gets pulled back because he went too deep. Um, And then, you know, he disappears, and then it's off to his next story, where it looks like, and this is my real hope, uh, we get started with, because it also got me to download the World Ends With You Special Edition on the Switch. Um, He wakes up in Shibuya, it looks like he's in the world ends with you the 104 building instead of it being the 109 like it is in real life um it looks like and i think the setup is for the next game my real hope is is that they bring in kyrie as well because like goddamn it this girl needs her time to shine people my one, my number one thing that i wanted out of kingdom hearts 3 and this is like the, my big wish that i wanted from it was at different points of the game i could play as all three of them. Mm. And I got yeah, two of them. I was hoping that, too. but I wanted that third. And don't get me wrong, I love Aqua. I love playing as Aqua again. But man, like maybe not in that moment, it should have been Kyrie. But I, like, there should have been a moment to play as Kyrie, because I was so pumped. She's got her battle outfit. She's got her Keyblade. She's been worked. Like she's been putting in the work. Like, where's that payoff? And you don't really get
2: it. Yeah, since and it sucks. since this game was so much shorter, I was kind of hoping there would be like little kind of like about as long as fragmentary passage like little side stories where you play as Kairi and you play as Aqua and you play as um uh Riku and like I, I was hoping there would be some sort of thing like that cuz it's like why go through all the time to like code these other people you can play as to then just have like one fight as them and then it's over like that seemed very silly to me.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um but yeah so like my whole feeling about the end is like I really I really hope that it sets up you know, Riku clearly is going after Sora, I feel. Um, but he ends up in the Virum Rex version of Alternate Tokyo. And you got the red and the blue, and baby, it's gonna be on Switch. Get hype. Brr, brr, Anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't know. With that ending, I guess, I think it was just, like, in the way that it was narrated. I definitely interpret it less as him, like, dis- Like, I wanted- i I wanted it to be over. And, like, honestly, I'm cool with it if they continue Kingdom Hearts, but it's all focused on, like, Lushu Brig and he's, like, doing his shit and whatever. Like, if they want to make the next things about the Foretellers and all that stuff, like, cool. Into it. But, like, I just really wanted it to be over. And then the fact that they, like, gave it that last little loophole, I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I was like, either just kill him or let him be happy. No, because
1: didn't you see uh, Master Ericus when he sets up the new chessboard? It's the it's the uh, foretellers and the master of masters against Sorin. Ugh,
0: I was so mad. I'm still, I'm mad right now, currently. Sarah, did you have any did you did you thoughts, Christian? I, I, any of you?
2: I just kind of want to step back on Christian. Do you want to say something? I think you wanted to jump in about the end, and then didn't oh. get a chance to. Do you want to give your idea of like the end like earlier than that? Because I was gonna jump in on that too, but I'd rather hear your thoughts.
3: On which, end.
2: kind of the like Badlands on like more the like final
3: battles and the
2: oh
1: yeah, and then I think we're stuff. stepping back at this point. My bad, guys. Yeah, no
4: worries. Not about jumping ahead. Um. So yeah, I mean, I really like intimate isn't the right word, but I liked that with each fight we
3: got a certain level of closure with each enemy, and for those we didn't get closure on, we got like hints for actually the start of a new story with a lot of them in particular like scene like and Marluxia like that was I thought was all really exciting for me and anyways uh, but I also really liked that we took this world that we thought was going to be very familiar like oh here we go again to Keyblade Graveyard and like turned it into the, we gave it a new sense of
4: weight when they transformed it I thought that was really cool mm, um, yeah. and uh, it I I really liked the approach of like
3: going one fight at a time, I couldn't imagine I was trying to think going in this game like how is this thirteen versus seven? How does that even work? How does that you know,
4: but I really liked it. they made they broke it up these small fights, and you got to be a part of each one, each one had a certain level of connection to game. yeah but i
2: really
4: I really enjoyed all that
2: yeah it was it was kind of a suspension of disbelief a little bit because you're like they're fighting over here and now I'm gonna go search for items and okay I'm gone back I'm back, um, <laughs> but like yeah I, I I thought as like a way to wrap up all of that it was a really smart idea to like break it up into these fights that are not only like fights that are character specific but like game specific like you said so it's like here's the birth by sleep enemies and your mm-hmm. birth by sleep allies and yeah. here's the the three five eight over two enemies and allies and mm-hmm. I thought that was a really smart way to do that um, yeah. I felt like the final battle itself was like a little underwhelming. I I mentioned Metal Gear Solid 4 like way back in the beginning of this. And I kept waiting for a moment where this game would like subvert my expectations a little bit where it would be like, I know what you're expecting. And instead, we're going to do this or whatever. Um, And it it just felt like that moment never really came for me. And it was like very much like kind of like the chessboard where it's like, yeah, I saw all these basic moves like planned out ahead of time. And it's like, oh it's Eric is, like, that's kind of cool. He hit in his heart. Like, I guess that's kind of cool. And he's going to go off and they're going to be in light together and be cute boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> you know, I loved that they got to fall in love at the end and go into the light together and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was meaningful in terms of like, yeah, this is like the wrap up of this story I expected, but, um, I don't know. I just kept wanting some weird twist with the foretellers and some other thing where they showed up mm-hmm. in a meaningful scene, or I just wanted, like I wanted more from that like ending scene and it felt like it was almost a letdown compared to how good all the labyrinth stuff was. It was like mm, yeah. it felt like they were kinda like, Okay, well, we gotta put this final fight in here, but basically you're gonna win and he goes into the light. So we're just gonna drag that out as long as possible. Um, but like Caitlin said, the fights weren't scary. Like I did I beat them all the first time I tried them. So it just felt it felt like kind of um I don't know, just like going through the motions a little bit. It's like either make the fight shorter and add more story content between the fights or make the fight mechanically interesting in a way that's different from other
4: combat and it just didn't feel like either of those to me
0: so i think going off of your point sarah i think that last like the the xehanort boss fight i think actually did yeah, submit my to, expectations I think but not I think in a way that, that made it better if that makes sense So like okay, so because that final stage, right? Like I think I think the first thing that it really subverted me for me was like the visual aesthetic of it, because like one I wasn't expecting to go to like a whole ass another new world that we haven't really like experienced a ton I did of, like that, um, yeah. but it's so like bright, like all of the white, which like I I liked it, <laughs> kind of, um. But I also was like, I feel like this mm-hmm. is supposed to be. A yeah, lot and, and if you don't care about Union Cross or back
4: cover characters at all, um, that world is meaningless and
0: then... to you, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and it's like, and then they when it does the weird like shift, like the underwater stuff. <laughs> oh, was I got interesting, super scared. Yeah, I, I don't do well it. underwater,
3: so my heart was racing pretty bad during that part.
0: Yeah, well, and I I liked that they changed. I like that they changed the aesthetic to be kind of more Mm. of, like, a, you know, that icky green, like, kind of horror. I was like, okay, like, I'm kind of into this. But when it got to the end, I was, like, the end of that sequence, not the end end. I was so fucking pissed because, like, I, I understand what they're going for with the whole, like xehanort Ericus relationship, especially because like it is kind of like both of them being shitty Mm. and like, Ericus kind of allowed all of this to happen by not like realizing the truth about Xehanort at any given point but also I'm like, my dude, you gave this man so many chances and because of that, he manipulated your foster son basically into like almost killing you he killed you, according to Yen Sid like he he did so much bad shit and just ruined every fucking buddy's <laughs> lives and you're just like, all right, we're done here, let's get out of here. And I was that's like, pretty in line what? with Kingdom Hearts though. Like,
3: there's so what? many times when.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say. So I think a lot of people are just like, well, why does Zanort get a good ending? I didn't really see it that way. Um, the entire time you're fighting Xehanort in. The world, you're actually fighting. I think you're technically fighting Zanort inside of his own heart. It, it, Master Zanort, as like as an existence, is, is, is because he is yeah, technically like it's
0: confusing a
1: fusion of all the other Zanorts, but he isn't. He exists kind of as like a quasi person, which is why he's able to like take control of Kingdom Hearts with the with the Kai Blade. But when you're fighting him inside of uh, Scalia at Scalum I think it's called. I'd kind uh, of like. Yeah, thank you. Um, when you're fighting him in there, you are fighting him inside, like basically his own inner, like his own inner heart. And so you fight the different versions of Xehanort that have all the Organization 13 weapons, which I actually thought was a really cool fight. I was not it, like I was not prepared to fight in like a midday break like that, and then it gets dark. Then it all joins into the armored version of Master Xehanort with the with the Kai blade and he's like turning the world inception wise. You fight underwater while you're underwater. He summons a giant pillar of fire. I mean, there's some really cool like cinematic moments where you're like in a very big fighting area as well. Hmm. Um, and then after that, you kind of face him a little bit one-on-one where you destroy him in the armor. And then he goes up to like the main platform for the final fight with him. And then you have like this really awesome, like, instead of using the power of darkness, he then unleashes the power of light. And you have to fight against him using the power of light. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, no, he is like a master of both light and darkness. And so it's this thematic battle, but at towards the very end, at the very end, like, you've worn him down. But he still literally has, like, a nuclear bomb in his hand with the Kaibu. He can unleash the full power of Kingdom Hearts whenever he wants. And so I didn't see it so much as, like, a redemptive moment. I saw it as, a, like, a, hey, buddy, like, come off that ledge. Like, you're about to take, go down and take the rest of the universe down with you. Come back a bit. Like, hand over the gun. Mm-hmm. Like, just hand over the gun. Get, like, give them the guns, or Like, I saw it more as, like, a hostage situation that you fought to get to, to try to wear him down so that he's willing to, like, you know, because he's basically God at this point. <laughs> and so... It's like, a, I saw thought more as like a, we're talking the yeah. guy off the ledge. I, we're not, we're not forgiving him.
4: Yeah.
0: I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I think the thing that made me really upset and angry at it, though, was like, when I was talking to Ian about this, Xehanort yeah. is like a fucking doomsday cult leader. Like, his whole thing is, his whole thing is the world was ruined by darkness let's end it and kill everybody and start over and if that's not some fucking no, Jim Jones shit like and so then to have him be at that moment and to have all of that conviction through to the end except in this one moment where he's like "Be," I guess it's I, I understand what they were trying to do but I don't I didn't think it was enough because it's like this man yeah. has Literally torn himself apart. He has time traveled. He has done all this shit to reach this moment. And you're going to fucking tell me that Eric is just like rolling up is going to stop him?
1: It's not just Ericus, though. It's also like he does all of this. He literally has the power of all like Kingdom Hearts in his hand with the Kai Blade and everything. But he still can't beat Sora. Sora still gets up to fight him. He can literally throw, like, consume Sora in darkness. Sora fights his way back. Like, He's basically fighting this Determinator, and he can't stop him with the power of, like, the most powerful thing in the universe. He's basically a god at this point, but he still can't stop Sora, who right when he uses, he brushes off Sora's, like, best attack that he's had throughout all the games. And then he throws an even more powerful one at Sora, and then Sora, like, is about to die, comes back with the power of friendship, and then whoops his ass with it. Yeah,
0: no, and again, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you, but I feel like the moment of Xehanort being like, there's a the weird lack of conviction at the end is weird to me. And then yeah. him and Ericus coming back together, and I do think it was trying to give Ericus that characterization of, for whatever reason, this motherfucker always gives Xehanort the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and I feel like in that sense, it was successful because, like, damn if Eric isn't back on his bullshit but i was like man <laughs> when is it enough like at what point yeah. are you gonna fucking be pissed at this dude right. because I, at some point it feels like, like you feel should like my, be. my
2: problem with that ending area wasn't as much the story stuff although like i said it was sort of expected for at least in, in my understanding but my problem was mechanical it was like yeah so all those cool fights happened but i just like pressed X a lot in one place and then I pressed X a lot yeah. underwater and then I pressed X a lot in a different place and then I pressed triangle once and then I pressed X a lot again. And it just like, it, it, was, it was really hard to feel like that fight was climactic or powerful or whatever. I, I did like all the clones having the different, um, like organization mm-hmm. weapons and stuff. And like, I thought there were a lot of cool ideas there and definitely the way the underwater stuff looked was my favorite look of any of the fight stuff you were doing. Um, but it, it just felt kind of underwhelming to me, and and it made the emotional beats, like Caitlin mentioned earlier, it made the emotional beats feel so much more hollow, um, because because it didn't feel like they're like I was like,
5: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, yeah, of course I'm gonna win, <laughs> I guess I don't know if that's like a shitty thing to say, but
1: yeah, no, I get you. No, I think that actually speaks to kind of the fundamental flaw of this still kind of being a PS yeah, game. I can see that in a sense. Like, in its, in its game design and its combat design and the way it's built out like that. Like, it, it's very much not a modern way of doing the big end boss fight for a game in today's video games. But
2: No time did I feel that more than in what was supposed to be the massive Heartless fight, where it was just, like, a really tiny ring of Heartless and then two-dimensional sprites <laughs> jumping back and forth <laughs> in the background. And I was like, guys you did this like 10 years ago and it was so cool. And then you're going to do this here. Like, I liked it.
0: I was like, thank you for this callback. I'm into this. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It was, it was a fun callback, but I was just like, just throw a thousand heartless into the circle. I don't know.
0: No, I mean, like, (laughs) I think, I think that criticism is valid. I was just like, hell yeah. I'm ready to fight a billion heartless again. Come on, let's go. Um, I do think that that going back to the, to that cuz i we i haven't really talked about the badlands too much. Um i feel like that opening part of the badlands was like not good. I feel like like i liked the the nod to the thousand heartless thing, but the fact that like you finish that fight and then Donald and Goofy are just like where did everybody go? And like they just left you? Like you just go through this whole fucking game to get to this point and all your friends are like KP hey, Sora like what? Um like I was like, I like I was flabbergasted. I was like, are you fucking kidding? But like once you get into the actual labyrinth, that was like my favorite part of the game, actually. Like all of it felt good. Like it felt like the callbacks were good, but it was just new enough to be different. And the reunions of the Birth by Sleep and mm-hmm. the 3580 were two trios. I was a mess. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to finish this game because I'm crying and I can't see. And like, I loved I loved the Lark scene and Luxord and Marluxia stuff. I actually like I don't like redemption arcs and I don't think that they were redeemed, but I like the fact that it was Sora kind of being able to be like, Hey, like, y'all are gonna be people again and like when this bullshit is over, like we don't have to keep doing this. Uh, his, I,
1: he, shout out to luxor for being like surprisingly like one of the most well-developed characters in this game like i hate that from his very but that moment was good oh uh, his whole thing like i loved how his is like a for their fight he's like of course i'm gonna play fair like what's the point of like there's no fun if it if it's not fair
0: yeah no i like which which i was like you're a liar because you cheated all through two but okay um you cheater
1: um, but then he gives you that trump card even though it's like that's gonna come into the future I know but like yeah. what a great moment of like it might help you turn the like turn the tides
0: yeah I so. did like too like I, I think cause yeah I don't like redemption arcs but I did like that it was literally Sora being like hey y'all are gonna be reset again and it was like it was a good <laughs> moment of character for Sora I feel like where it was the first time I felt like he was kind of grown up where it wasn't him being like we're gonna automatically be friends and everything's gonna be great but it was all of them kind of being like yeah, like this shit's gonna come around again, and like w- hopefully with Xehanort gone, like we can all just do whatever, and like it doesn't have to be the same shit again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought those moments were some of the strongest for sure.
0: Yeah, I love it how when he says to Luxor,
1: and he's like, "Yeah, dude, let's like play games, but like just as guys <laughs> next time, not mm-hmm. not trying to kill each other, just having fun."
0: Yeah, and then yeah, I I love. I loved the labyrinth so much. I was like, hell yeah. And then I didn't before, cause I think we're probably going to start wrapping up soon, but Sarah, let's talk about the final world.
4: Oh my gosh.
2: Okay. So <laughs> one one thing that like, and maybe this is another weird deep dive. We don't have time for But, um, so a weird thing that happens at the very end of union cross is like, there's new foretellers that are given the books and whatever. And one of them is just fucking Ventus. Like, it's just actual Ventus. Yeah. (laughs)
5: Like,
2: back in time Ventus wearing the same shit he wears in the future. And so, um, Mm -hmm. I feel like the implication there is that that Chirithi is Ventus's Chirithi, and it gets back to him at the Mm -hmm. end of the game, which is why they, like, run together. I still don't think there's an explanation on Ventus' time traveling, but, um...
1: Nope. (laughs) <laughs> nope. That's just like nobody knows. Um, nobody gets it. Nobody knows. There's a lot of unanswered but like, questions. Like I that.
2: loved the final world. I thought, honestly, other than mm-hmm. the labyrinth stuff, it was my favorite part of the game. And I felt like it was the part where um, it did what you were talking about, Caitlin, earlier that like mishmash of. Weird goofiness, all these like Sora's walking around for no reason and whatever, <laughs> and like Cheerithi is such a weird, goofy design that's so cartoony and whatever. But then if you talk to the fucking stars, like those are some deep stories. Oh, like dude. they're really yeah. dark and it's really so serious, dark and some like of those. Yeah. about death and about suicide and about violence and relationship like abuse, old school God, it was so cool. Kind of. And I was just like, kind of like Aqua being a good character. I was like, God, it makes me even more angry. That there's this like little snapshot in this game where they do that so much better that they can't connect it to other things for me like there there was almost no other time in the game that had mo- as much emotional resonance as like me sitting here reading these text boxes of mm-hmm. these stars yeah. and like actually feeling this like strong connection to them um also they should not let you pick up three hundred and thirty three fucking copies if all this is give you more health. I was so mad. Like I, I was like, I'm, <laughs> especially because they set up the mechanic that like, hey, if you talk to all the stars, you get an extra bonus star from Namine, and you get to learn extra stuff. So I was like, haha, I see you, game designers. You're just setting that up so that now in this time, if I gather all the dudes, I get a whole new cutscene that's going to explain a ton of cool stuff. And it did not happen. I was very sad.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, I did not wait around for that. I, I, that, I was so frustrated when it's like. There's 333 of them. Yeah, like, I did. Do I, I did about okay, 200, that.
2: and I was playing next to my girlfriend on the couch. And I, I was like, okay, I need you to look something up for me. And if it happens, don't spoil it. But if it doesn't happen, I need to know so I can just stop at 222. And I, and she like searched through some stuff, and she was like, yeah, it's just a ton of people being angry that nothing happens. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: see, uh, I didn't like the Final World, and I think. It's because, one, I'm mad at Chirithy. Um. Chirithy's never I'm explained well,
2: and the motivations Chirithi.
0: are Chirithi's so a bizarre. a shady motherfucker. Yeah. All right? In Union. Need- I mean, to be fair, yeah. Chir- Chir- Chirithy's up to are some shit.
2: Chirithy's the reason um, all of this happened. Like, Dark Chirithy yeah. gave people the bangles, and that's, like, literally the only reason we're Yeah, I don't fucking
0: now. trust Chirithy. So then for Chirithy to be the one who's like, yo, you died. I'm like, what is happening? And, like, I liked the concept of it a lot. But, yeah, I don't like Chirithy. And then I wish that I had spent more time with the stars because I talked to, like, two or three of them, I think. I don't remember how many there were. But I know I didn't talk to all of them because I they were kind of long and I was, like, just kind of weirded out by the whole thing. And I kind of wanted to see what was, like, <laughs> going on. Um, So I skipped them, which I feel like it's kind of bullshit now that you can skip that because, yeah. like. I wish they were voice fuck.
2: acted, too. They're like one of the only things yeah. in the game that isn't voice acted, and it just it's yeah. it, it's really hard to expect people to emotionally connect with something that's all text when every other character is. I think has I'm okay
0: voiced. with that just because it reminds me of Chain of Memories a lot. Um yeah. but that's just a taste yeah. thing, yeah. I think. Um, but I didn't I didn't like it aesthetically either, which is just I think I think it was just goofy yeah, shit on my pretty. part, but it was just it was too I get that it's supposed to be, like, the afterlife or whatever, but I was like, damn, everything is so fucking white. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And then, to the Sora... The so- there were so many Soras, and I was like, leave me alone.
3: <laughs> I thought I was cute. It's like, oh, these ones are dancing, and these are jumping, and these are on fire.
0: <laughs> I did like the dancing ones, but then I was like... <laughs> but the ones who are running on all the weird walls, I was like, y'all can fuck off.
2: If you... If you didn't do this, just pro tip, I would recommend in the Badlands, you can go back to the final world if you talked to the blue thing. And I would go back uh, and do Blizzard or yeah. Blizzard Blazaga and just skate as far as yeah. you possibly can. It's like the most fun mechanical thing you'll ever do in Kingdom Hearts. It's so good.
3: Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm going to try that out. Yeah, in the in
2: the final world, you can surf on your Blazara like until it ends, basically, which is just forever.
4: <laughs>
5: That's also how that I caught up really to the cool. ship in the
2: Pirates World really quickly. Oh. I just did like one Blazara, and it just like shot down, and I just skated the whole <laughs> way to it, and I never ran. It was great.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know. The final world was like it was weird because it should have worked for me in that weird silly. Mashed up way, and it just didn't. I was kind of like, "What the fuck is happening?" And I was just immediately distrustful because of cheerathy. Mm. And okay, how
1: did you feel about the glitch fights afterwards? Because I really I them. didn't like. Those I, at all.
0: I, they were fine. I didn't like the tangled one because it was too dark and I couldn't see him.
4: I'm I'm just not <laughs> um... on that level. I can't play those very well. I kind of struggle with.
0: Yeah, and I mean, oh, like, I really enjoyed it. I feel like once I learned how to do it, it was fine. Because like the first, I was really frustrated by it, and then like once I had done, I think like two, I was like, okay, I get this. I can get this motherfucker. <laughs> um, I think I like it conceptually more than like having to do it so many times. But
1: uh, I just really liked it because it reminded me of uh, the very end King of Hearts when you're going through the. Oh, uh, yeah,
4: the, was going... yeah,
1: the end world. Um. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it, like you had to go through like all those different areas if you wanted to, and I felt like it was the kind of the same way you w- went through specific parts of each map, and got to do something fun
4: and kill a really cool looking heartless over and over. So I liked it.
0: Although but that's I, just me. I think I also took issue with it because like, okay, Kingdom Hearts, like we're just we're just using the word lich, all right? Which like they're not wrong. But, like, it was a weird... I, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this well. Because, like, they've done it before where they've taken, like, the names of, like, mythological or, like, fantasy-based creatures and applied them to things, which I think is, is fine. But it was weird to me that all... It, it felt like a weird extra lore edition just right in the middle of a very tense... Set of scenes where it's like, oh yeah, there's like a grim reaper, heartless. Basically, <laughs> I was like, okay, sure, uh, and like it didn't feel scary or creepy. It was just kind of like, I guess. Yeah,
2: it it felt like padding to me. Like I I I appreciated the callback, um, and and I liked that, but um. I don't know. Yeah. It just felt, it felt like going through the motions. Like a lot of my problems with this game is like, it's like, it felt like the simplest, most basic choice that they could possibly make in order to get this game to where it needed to go. And it was like, um, hmm. I I was okay with those in the sense that like, it gave me closure and I liked it. Um, but I, I don't know. It's like, Not the whole, like, oh, they had 10 years, they should have... I get that game development works differently than that, and just had three years, just like most games did, probably, and whatever else. But, like, it just just seemed like it was as safe as possible, and I think a, a big part of that is Disney and their aversion to taking risks with storytelling, character development, and especially, like, showing, like, dark themes or things that are hard for the characters to work through.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, I... I hate to be, like, the corporate apologist here, but I also do wonder if they played it safe just because, like, like, Square and Namora and all of them know, like, how long people have been waiting, and I think they probably just wanted to, like, cover the bases that they could and, like, call it a day.
2: Yeah.
5: I think it was a yeah, lot of
2: that. I felt similar yeah. about Episode seven for Star Wars, where it's like, yeah, it was fine. It was like, it hit all the stuff I expected, and it was good, and it felt like Star Wars. Yeah. And this was similar, where it's like, it felt like very safe choices that weren't really challenging the form or challenging the history of the games or anything, um and it was good, but yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean like i the only reason I hesitate to put it totally on Disney is just because, like they have in the past fucked with that stuff in these games with the Disney worlds like a lot of the monstro stuff is really dark, um like <laughs> yeah, a right. lot of the and a and, lot like a lot of the dream drop stuff even is like kind of fucked up when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, there's some hella dark stuff in the Dream Drop Distance. Yeah,
0: and like even in the Disney worlds, which is like that's the only because normally like Disney's a bad company, like one hundo. I'm not arguing that, but I, 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 and it's just an instinct. I mean, I don't, I don't have any inside knowledge on that, but it kind of feels like had they really gone full ass Kingdom Hearts risk taking, it might not have gone as well for them, or they couldn't have like. It it wouldn't have been a safe horse to bet on, you know.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely it would have been, been so risky long. for sure. Like if this game took did as many weird things as Kingdom Hearts two did, but like even more weird, like I I feel like people yeah, would have if it didn't land, lost, you know, yeah, if it just didn't land, like I I would much rather have this game where they play it safe but wrap everything up well and then create kind of a soft reset for new stories in the future. I'm totally okay with that. I would much rather have that than like a total mess that never came together at all.
0: Yeah, I see. I think I would have wanted the Buckwild one, but (laughs) I get why we didn't get it.
3: Like you said,
4: you were speaking earlier that like you can see like the corporate angle. And I think, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And I think a
3: lot of the backlash that the game's getting is going to soften because I think. As we start making announcements for any DLC or whatever the next one is, it's going to become even more transparent that three as much of it was like closing off, you know, the story. I think like the example you mentioned earlier, Sarah, of Episode Seven is like a really good example because it's like, it's like this is the next entry for finding closure with our old fans and like trying to leave the seed so we can get new fans with this next story that will hopefully be more streamlined now that we know. A bit more of what we're doing,
4: hopefully. Yeah,
2: and there are less uh, handheld consoles to hide games
4: on.
0: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and I think, yeah. too, because they've... Like, Union is going to keep going and, like, did keep going post... Like, I think they had a content drop either, like, right before 3 or, like, right after it came out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- they still they have yes. content updates mm-hmm. scheduled for, like, the next four months, I think, that are, like, major Yeah,
0: story so I think... I think they're just really leaning into that, which like for better or worse, it is what it is, but
4: I don't know. I yeah, it it'll be interesting seeing where it goes from here. Yeah.
0: I think right. I think we might have done it. We might have my spoiler Ooh, cast. Real it. quick
1: though. Yeah, real quick though. I'm a bit curious. What was everybody's favorite keyblade?
3: Uh I don't know the official name of it. I just called it frozen keyblade. That's
2: so funny, I never used that one at all.
0: Yeah. That one's really good. It's super powerful in <laughs> magic. Yeah, I had a friend who told me about that one, but I never used it either.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that one kinda of had like a when it transformed came kind of like a dual wielding mm. kind of thing. So that's why I really liked that one.
4: Uh, that's cool.
3: it had some really stylish, uh really uh flashy finishers too. So.
1: I agree. I really liked that one. Um Sure, what mine yours?
2: was from a technical standpoint actually i mean i didn't like the design of it very much but the toy story keyblade when you transformed into the drill hands like the second one it had mm. this weird ability and i'm sure speedrunners will figure it out more but where it could stagger bosses that like no other moves could stagger and so like i basically <laughs> beat all the bosses in the game with that keyblade and then once i got the um the one from pirates it was like the pirates keyblade became my keyblade for like trash fights and then for the boss fights I would use the the toy story one um, although in the labyrinth it was actually really good to use the the one from pirates because it would like teleport you to do this like all down attack where you just like drop a ton of keyblades on them um, and that attack ended up being really good against bosses teleport
0: everywhere
4: hmm I had to check that one out again.
1: Caitlin, what about yours?
0: Um, before Pirates, it was definitely the Monsters Inc. one. Like, as soon um, as I got those claws, I was just like, hell yeah. Finally, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is a melee game that I can get behind. Let me just punch some people. Um, <laughs> once I got the Pirates Keyblade, that was the only one I used. Um, just because like the combination of it having Waterza and the like, the form changes, especially with the, um, the final move on the final form of that, where it's just, like, the Kraken the arms fucking going ham. Mm. Mm. That's mm. some good area control <laughs> right there.
2: Yeah, it does a lot of damage, too.
0: Yeah. Like, every time I got Xehanort trapped in that, I was like, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, <laughs> suck, it suck it, suck it.
4: So you're um, saying you tentacled him to
0: death. It, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which, like, not... I'm not super behind Pirates for uh, many reasons, but that Keyblade was fucking good.
2: Yeah. Also, that last cutscene was, like, one of my favorites in the world. Like, I felt like it was directed really well, and the, like, cinematography was really Mm. beautiful. And it had, like, emotional weight to me that I didn't expect to have, because I really don't care about Pirates, and I super don't care about Johnny Depp or, like, that character. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm glad it wasn't Mm, Johnny Depp. But it was also so distracting to me yeah. because the voice actor for <laughs> him was so bad, and the voice actor yeah. for Elizabeth Swann was so bad. I was just like, okay, here we are. Mickey sounds like trash too. So who can, who knows, whatever. But
0: yeah, Elizabeth's model was really bad too. I will say, I will give them where credit as due. Like I was super not stoked to find out that the Pirates World was back, but they definitely succeeded in making it way more fun than the first time. Assassins Creed Kingdom
1: Hearts. It's great. Yeah,
0: yeah, and- it was
1: awesome. I loved it. You say yeah. that like it's a bad thing.
0: And I, I loved it. And I did laugh really hard at the fact that Kingdom Hearts of all franchises was like the Pirates of the Caribbean three story is too complicated. We're just not gonna get into it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh two, you mean? Oh both actually. Yeah, they, but
0: especially They like, skipped
1: two because it's it was pointless to do two. Yeah, I'm well because really two is basically
0: yeah. pointless. But then like three, they were just like we're not getting any into any of this pirates politics. Like, we are doing the bare minimum here. And I, like, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, damn, okay. Um, But yeah, the Pirate's Keyblade was fucking good.
1: Yeah, it was good. Um, when I played through Kingdom Hearts 2, I was like, I was like, I get why they can't have Johnny Depp, but I wish it was Johnny Depp. Now, as an adult, after everything 2019, uh, it, it being 2019, I was super relieved that we did not have Johnny Depp doing
0: well yeah especially because james woods is fucking in it as is tj miller so it was like well at least we didn't have one of them yeah fucking hearing (laughs) tj
1: miller that
2: whole world made me so angry it was
0: very cringy and james woods both of them i was like this is not it yeah
2: at least james woods is more limited like tj miller has a line like every fifth or sixth line when he's on screen just like talking all the time
0: because they were obviously like really happy to get him as a voice
2: actor um, but he said some really transphobic shit and I just like could not stop hearing that yeah, when I heard it. I
1: was like not. I was super For me not it was just it. everything. Like his whole between all of that and also like the bomb threat stuff and everything else about him. He's just a trash person. And James Wood, it's like, you know for one thing, James Woods was like the OG Hades voice, which is it's nice that he's always been involved with the Kingdom Hearts games as the voice actor. But you know. He's also James.
0: Yeah, he's a, a bad person.
4: person.
1: <laughs> who's kind of a shell. So.
0: Yeah. So at least we had one less terrible person in it. But
1: oh, my favorite keyblade, by the way, is the Starlight.
0: That's the first one you get, right? That's not the Kingdom Key.
1: No, no, no. It's um, it's the Keyblade of Integrity you Cross, get the Union Cross after uh, yes, the Union Cross. Cross, Cross.
0: One. Uh, oh right, I tried that one and I was like, no. Nope.
2: For me, the reach was too short on it. I, I liked the abilities, but it- the reach wasn't there. for me.
0: I didn't like the stats on it, but I think it was because I had powered up all my other keyblades like a ton. That'd be so I was like, these stats are fucking garbage.
3: Hey, guys, by the way, um, I beat this game twice and both times did not know you could upgrade.
0: Your- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'll give you the first time because didn't you play the first time in Japanese?
1: Yeah, that's true. You would to play
4: it for yeah, the first
0: time. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, yeah, I don't know. But
3: I, since, since, I had, since I had beaten it, I anytime there was any tutorial stuff, I just pressed through that. So, whenever the screen probably came up that I was like, hey, by the way, you could... I probably was just like, oh, this is just dumb tutorial stuff. I beat this game. I don't need to pay well, attention. Well, I mean,
0: technically that. you don't have to do it, <laughs> but I think it certainly helps.
3: Yeah, it definitely would have helped. Yeah.
1: I, I really enjoy it just because the idea of, like, you get this... it its description was, like, the Keyblade of Antiquity. And also because I really enjoyed the Starlight Keyblade and Union Cross and upgrading and stuff. So it was, like, a big nostalgia throwback for me. But the real answer, that should be everybody's answer, is the most badass Ultima weapon that we've ever seen in any game. So
0: I haven't seen it yet, because I don't do that. Oh,
1: it's so good. I've never gotten an Ultima
0: in my life.
1: It is, uh, it's broken. It's broken beyond, like, I, I can't believe how broken that weapon is it makes everything way too easy but it's awesome but no I like Starlight because the also you get it from the firm and
2: yeah. it was it was cool that it was it's, there it's, I just mechanically it was hard to use yeah.
0: I liked it but I think too because it, it came after that really epic moment and then it was like the keyblade of antiquity I was like oh damn this keyblade is going to be badass as hell and then I was like oh <laughs> the stats on this are really bad <laughs>
1: If you up, if you upgrade it though, it has really great stats and it's really
5: well.
0: Cameron, I did not have time for that. We were at end game. <laughs> <laughs> not going to be like, "Hey, mi- hey Moogle, What's up? Got another keyblade for ya. Don't worry, my friends are dying. It's fine." I <laughs> had shit to do. Funny. Um but yeah. I think y'all got anything else before we call it?
2: Nothing for me.
3: Just that uh, r- reminder as as much as i still have to comment on the game i still really enjoyed it and looking forward to my third go where i'll finally do all the side quest stuff
2: and upgrade your keyblade
3: yeah, yeah and upgrade my keyblade you're
2: gonna be like this combat is so easy it's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like in baseball you know if you hit the donut on your bat and you swing with it and uh, you hit a real <laughs> bat and it's so much easier you're like you're gonna get on proud mode and you're gonna upgrade your keyblades and be like proud mode's easy whatever
3: it's kind of the plan. I played both <laughs> times on beginner. I'm gonna to try to. I guess I'll do proud this time.
2: Does it? Does it mechanically change the boss fights like it did in Kingdom Hearts One? Do you know?
3: It's from what I saw and what I read. It's a pretty. Um. It's it's like just pretty standard in general. It's like, like more health, more damage. Like like yeah, it like sucks. it's like one point five. Like yeah. If if it's beginner, ev- everything's weakened by one point five. If you're on proud, everything is more damaged yeah that sucks
2: I, I liked how they did it in kingdom hearts one where it's like the boss itself is actually a different heartless like it has it has abilities it doesn't have in the regular mode like mm. like the, the the proud mode in kingdom hearts one a is hard as fuck mm-hmm. um and b is just like really it, it's mechanically interesting it challenges you to think about the fights really differently mm.
0: yeah i think i want to go i want to play through it again like proud probably over the summer like probably not anytime soon and i think i'm gonna stream it and play it on proud because i was like damn this is real easy also too i found (laughs) out today i was today years old when i found out apparently if you do all the shit for the ratatouille cooking game you get a a, a frying pan keyblade
1: and (laughs) i want that shit yeah i found that out today
2: yeah do you have to cook all the like special recipes that you have to do the big plan?
1: I score. think so. Uh, you have to, if I recall correctly, you have to get five star, like you have to make the
0: restaurant a five star restaurant.
2: Oh, okay. That doesn't mm. require everything because I have four stars and I've only done like maybe 60% of them.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just heard it today and I was like, damn. I yeah. I also Friday
2: learned again. that there's a Winnie the Pooh keyblade that like shoots homing honeypot that people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh
1: so yeah, I, totally yeah, I missed that. that. I, I totally get, get that. It's super lit. I, really I love it.
0: I I got it. I tried it and I was like, you know, this is funny but I'm not super into it. Um, but yeah. There's a lot of side keyblades, that, That's apparently. another thing. Or at least, there's at least three. I,
3: I didn't see Pooh either. Either play through.
0: Either. <gasps> <gasps> oh! No! He needs your help! As soon as the Pooh option became available, I was like, let's go! It's really yeah, cool, because in
2: the I po- just completely it, missed it. I didn't uh, even did you? know it was a possibility.
1: Um, if you do the hunt... So, in each oh world, your God. outfit kind of changes a bit, even if you have like, the standard outfit the entire time, like, the clothing will be just, like, a little bit different to match the world you're in. When you're in Winnie the Pooh, the colors on Sora's outfit get, like, they get turned into, like, pastel versions of the color. Hmm. So he matches with everybody else. It's yeah, super cute. Very cute. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. You get to meet every, like, they have just almost everybody there, and you're gardening and collecting fruit and getting I honey. Do,
0: I do wish that they had mixed up the mini games a little bit more there, though, because they were all basically, like, match three shit, and I was like. Okay, and like the worst
1: version of Match Three that I've ever played in my life.
0: Yeah, it was not good. So that was kind of a bummer because I normally love the Winnie the Pooh world, but hmm. I still went. I still had fun. So I got that Honey Keyblade. Um, I'm
5: looking
3: forward to checking it out. Yeah,
0: it's it's still fun. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think that's gonna do it. Christian, where can people find you on the internet?
3: People can find me anywhere online as Pixel Brave, and I'm actually starting a new Twitter account just dedicated to Kingdom Hearts content. You can find that very easily at Pixel Brave KH. I have a few screenshots on there now, and I've kind of been leaving it alone while people catch up with the game, but now that more people are finishing, I expect um, maybe video essays on some of the games, characters, video summaries of the stories, and so on and so on. Check it out there, Pixel Brave KH
0: okay awesome and then sarah uh where can people find you
2: yeah so if you're interested in more gaming stuff from me you can go to youtube uh queer gaming show is my youtube channel i haven't done a lot of let's plays yet but i'm getting into that soon so i'm excited about it um and then i also have a podcast that has nothing to do with video games called queer sex ed and uh, i'm a sex educator so i talk with my partner about different topics in kink and sexuality and bdsm and polyamory and transgender politics and all sorts of different stuff. So if you're interested in hearing more about my sex life, or you just want to learn more about different topics in queer sex ed, then that's where you can find me as well. queersexed.org.
0: And Cameron,
1: uh, you can find me on Twitter at unsexiest comedy. Uh, you can follow, I host a gaming podcast network uh, called KGN. You can find us over on Twitter at KGN Tweets. You can find us on, like, to find our podcast, you just got to go to soundcloud.com slash KGN Podcasts. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm also a contributor over at handsomephantom.com.
4: I write articles over
0: there. And you can find me at CGN8Rs on Twitter. Palin Around is a product of Your Geeky Gal Pal, which you can find on all social media at Your YourGeekyGalPal and at YourGeekyGalPal.com. If you want to hang out with the uh, YGGP crew, the other two of whom are not here tonight, but who are lovely, uh, you can join our Discord. The link is in the episode description, as will be any uh, articles and Twitter handles and all that kind of good stuff. And if you enjoyed the show, uh, this episode and all the other ones, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts if they allow such things. And tell your friends, because word of mouth is real fucking good. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. So bye. Goodbye. Thank you.
3: Bye. Bye. May your heart be your guiding key.
0: Damn it, Christian. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. I'm Wheels. I'm Joe. On our show, we like to dive deep into the franchise's most pressing questions. Like, why is Kyrie never allowed to have any fun? How much did they have to pay to get Jesse McCartney to yell into a microphone about homework? How did Ventus get so small? Is Psyx a twink? Why are all these main characters just the same boy? What are
1: midi chlorians? What did Sora's mom make for dinner? Is Tron woke? Why does darkness smell so bad? Are drive forms queer? Why doesn't Organization 13 own any pajamas? Is Aerith a cop? How many deaths is Mickey Mouse personally responsible for? Where do baby heartless come <laughs> from? What is Pete? Is Zena warrior princess a nobody? Find us on your favorite podcast app. Got, Got it, memorized? That's the name of the show. <laughs>